All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells, along with special guest host, recurring guest on He's Done It, Kenny Cashman, back on for the first time in a few months. Very excited to have him on. Him and Brian went to the Patriots game this weekend. They were there live for the beatdown that their team laid on the Cleveland Browns. Look, they'll give their thoughts on that game. We'll talk plenty more about NFL Week 10. Cam Newton is back with the Carolina Panthers. Give us some thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and more. And we're also going to talk a little baseball. Uh, really just an opportunity for me to give some of my thoughts on the current state of the sport as the potential work stoppage is looming at the beginning of next month and finally we'll wrap up this episode by counting down our favorite animated disney movies in the top five in honor of the upcoming anniversary of the release of steamboat willie the first mickey mouse film so with that let's get started All right, we're back after a week off, Brian, and we're joined by a long-awaited recurring guest, Kenny Cashman. Welcome back on He's Done It. We've tried to do this for a few weeks now. Glad we finally got you on again. Me too. Great to be back. Yeah, so I think this is your sixth episode on He's Done It, all in 2021. You're our most uh, popular guest feature of the year um, in terms of who we've been able to get on a ton, so... A uh, fan favorite. <laughs> yeah, certainly a fan favorite. Um, we had you on for our AFC East and NFC East preview back when we did our division preview series. And this is the first time we've had a, a guest host on to talk NFL football. Um, we had Julia on last month um, to help us talk about Bachelor in Paradise, but it's not football. So certainly excited for that. Um Brian has brought up several times throughout the season that you have been taking him to Patriots games basically every week. So you guys were there. Uh, we'll definitely get into that. Now, real quickly, before we get into the football stuff, normally when we have Kenny on, we do have some non-sports topics. So one thing I do want to say, kind of a question really for Brian is, uh, are you still a big Swifty? You excited about Red oh Taylor's version? Lord. Yeah, of course. I've I've been listening to it ever since it came out and it's good. Yeah, you get a 10-minute version of All Too Well. Jake Gyllenhaal was uh, having a rough day on Friday. I honestly did listen to that <laughs> hours before he came on today. So yeah. yeah. So I guess one question I have, is it basically the exact same album except that song is a little longer? Yeah, there are a few other uh, additions to the album, a few other songs. But, but yeah, most of the songs are pretty much the same. You can tell they're a little bit different. But All Too Well, there's the... Regular version, the five-minute long version of the song, but also the ten-minute the ten-minute one as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites from that the Red album as well. 
Kenny, are you a Taylor Swift fan at all? Not even a little bit. No, uh, <laughs> I, I actively dislike most of her music. Yeah, I thought so. I um, yeah, I and- love 1989. I was a big fan of that album, but outside of that, I've like I've never really gotten into her a ton. Like obviously, you Kenny- know songs by her because they're so popular. But and that may be Kenny's least favorite because he doesn't like "Shake It Off." "Shake It Off" might be might be the worst Taylor Swift song. Might be the worst song. Period. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. Uh yeah. Um so yeah, Brian, we'll uh we'll we'll try to get this wrapped up so you go back to listening to that and we'll give Kenny a chance to listen to music that is anything but Taylor Swift. But yeah, I, I let, appreciate that. Um <laughs> uh, let's let's talk a little football. So week ten at the time you're listening is in the books. We are recording before Monday night football. Shout out to another recurring guest host, Benjamin Carlson, who is in Santa Clara for tonight's game between the Niners and the Rams. As soon as he found out Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. would be playing in this one, he had to get out there and uh, you know be at the game. So big game for his Niners tonight. You guys think they pull out the win at home? Honestly, I don't know. I, even without Robert Woods, I think I would still lean with the Rams the way the Niners are trending right now. I mean, I think it'll be a game. I, yeah, I think I it'll just, be a game as well. Yeah, but I would still lean the Rams. Like I picked the Rams. You know? Yeah, I, I also think the Rams fall out the win, but for Ben's sake, it'd be nice if the 49ers can get a huge, uh, monumental, potentially game-saving victory tonight, or last night, or whatever, Monday night, by the time you listen to this. So, all right, let's let's uh, let's quickly go through some uh, NFL Week 10 highlights before we start talking, uh, deeper dive into some of the games that are more important to us. So, Dan Quinn revenge game on Sunday. His defense came up in a big way as the uh, Cowboys totally shut down his former team, the Falcons, Matt Ryan, and their offense en route to a 43-3 win for the Dallas Cowboys. Tennessee Titans, hottest team in football. They won their sixth in a row, taking down the New Orleans Saints at home. Last five wins all against 2020 playoff teams. This Titans team was looking lost after that week one defeat at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals but they've certainly turned their season around since and let's not forget they lost to the Jets too so pretty impressive what they've done since that game uh speaking of the Jets uh Mike White probably not the guy there after uh looking pretty solid against the Bengals and for one drive against the Colts he threw four interceptions against the uh in-state rivals Buffalo Bills Jets are probably ready to put Zach Wilson back in the lineup when he returns healthy Finally, Sunday Night Football, Patrick Mahomes on a big stage in Vegas. He put on a show there. He's had a long season, but 400 yards, five touchdowns. The Chiefs absolutely dominate the Raiders from start to finish. Maybe they're turning their season around, so certainly a big win for them. But one of the bigger news of NFL Week 10, he's back. Cam Newton is back in Carolina after being unceremoniously released by your Patriots at the start of the off se- or the end of the offseason, he spent two months without a job, but the Panthers, desperate for a quarterback, turned to an old face, the guy that the team that originally drafted him with the first overall pick in twenty ten, won an MVP, led him to the Super Bowl. He's back in Carolina and he showed up in the big way, touchdown on his first play, and threw for one on his second play as the Panthers dominate the first place Arizona Cardinals with Colt McCoy at quarterback but still big performance of Cam Newton what are your thoughts on the former Patriot catching on with his former team I mean 
eight passing yards. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> it, was, it was a small sample size. He just yeah, signed. Yeah, four he passes, eight passing yards. Yeah, he definitely dominated the Cardinals with all those passing yards. But uh, yeah, it's cool that he's back in the league, and they definitely need a replacement for Sam Darnold since he is injured with a fractured scapula, and he's also bad at football <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. in his past five games, he threw 160 passes, and 373 quarterbacks have thrown at least 160 passes in a season over the past decade. His stretch would rank 370th in interception percentage, 371st in touchdown percentage, and 372nds in yards per attempt. So he literally could not be worse. Wow. I didn't realize game. that his numbers are that bad. Yeah. He literally could not be worse or almost literally could not be any worse than he was in those last five games after that hot start he had in weeks one through three versus the Jets and Texans and, and Saints, but still, uh, he, he's been brutal, and now they bring in Cam Newton, and at, at big money, though. <laughs> I think a lot of money for half a season. Absolutely overpaid him, for sure. That contract is ridiculous. The Patriots paid him less for a whole season than Carolina is paying him for a half a season. So, Unless he wins the Super Bowl, then he makes $10 million. Yeah, and I'm oh, it's true. You're right. It'll be less. But yeah, four and a half million guaranteed is a lot. So he's certainly coming in to be the starter. So um, Kenny Brian was not the biggest fan of Cam Newton as a Patriots quarterback. I don't think that you were that much a bigger fan. But what are your thoughts on him going back to Carolina now? I was a bigger fan than Brian. Like I, I don't. I don't dislike that Mac Jones got the starting job, but I think it was pretty crazy of the Patriots to not keep Newton around. And I mentioned this to Brian on Sunday at the game, and he he said, you know, that can be a distraction. And I I get that. I didn't love Cam. I mean, I didn't love Cam Newton before he came to the Patriots. Uh, I didn't love him in his first year. But with COVID and not having the full offseason with the playbook and everything, I was certainly willing to give him a second chance. Um, I like Mac Jones so far. I think he shows promise. Uh, It was surprisingly weird for me to see Newton in a, in a, a, a Panthers jersey again. I thought it would be normal after, you know, all those years and he was with the Patriots for a year. But I was like, wait, no, he's that's that's a Patriots player. What's he doing? Uh, what's he doing in Carolina? Um, I don't I don't hate that he's that he's back there. I think it's I'm glad he's back in the league, like Brian said. Um, it's weird being at Patriots games. I mean, granted, I wasn't at the games last year and perhaps jersey sales were down. I don't know. But no one bought a Cam Newton jersey, and everyone's got a Mac Jones jersey, and I just think it's a little weird how uh, how little support he got uh, with the Patriots. But and even the- I will agree with that. Yeah, even it's, even it's the crazy. Big, even though as big of a kind of a hater as I was of Cam Newton as a quarterback here uh, last season, even I kind of agree with that. That he yeah, probably should have gotten like, a little bit more support because he never played like you said, Kenny. That he never actually played a game in front of Patriots fans. Right. And like and and jersey sales probably were down, I would imagine. People are sitting at home, they're probably less likely to buy. But but quarterback is like the default jersey to buy. Everyone I mean, it's insane how many Mac Jones shirts there are. Like he's 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 played ten games and there's or, or nine games. And there are so there there are so or no, he has played ten games. There are so few um there's so many jerseys and and I'm surprised as well how quickly it makes sense, but I'm su- still surprised how quickly people have like traded in Brady jerseys for for Mac Jones. But anyway, this is not about Mac Jones. Um it was it was cool to see Newton um back in the league, back on a team. 
Um, as Brian alluded to, he didn't do a ton, but I believe he had the Panthers only passing touchdown. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds right. I, I think PJ did. Walker didn't really do that much more. No, Walker the, had the Walker. I think had one interception, no touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I, it wasn't. I don't really know what I expected of that game. It wasn't quite that, but yeah, I actually thought the Panthers would win. I didn't think it'd be that much of a blowout, but I, I expected them to win just given that the Cardinals were without Kyler and Hopkins and Chase Edmonds now on IR, and I know that's offense and. Offensive players, right. not defensive players, but even still, I would, I even with PJ Walker and Cam Newton, I actually would have leaned with Carolina, but not as big of a blowout. But but then again, I would have picked the Arizona to lose the week before without those guys, and and yeah. they ended up winning. Yeah, I got that one wrong. I thought Arizona would lose to the Niners, but beat the Panthers. And look, Colt McCoy is going to give you one game every year as a backup where he's going to come in and win because he's been around the league long enough. He can do that. He just can't maintain it consistently so i should have seen it coming uh i think in terms of a blowout yeah maybe you don't see that but i do think cam newton really uh gave this panthers team some energy that they were lacking after that three and zero start and really collapsing losing five out of six so this is a team that they, they're very much within uh reach of making the playoffs the nfc is very uh, top heavy you have five legitimate Super Bowl contenders and then a huge drop off from there so Carolina certainly has the opportunity to at least crash the party and hope for some kind of miracle when they get there but uh, Cam Newton could be the guy because it seems like Sam Darnold's early season well, magic c- is totally gone so c- couldn't the money they're paying him has to be he has should. to no I mean he <laughs> yeah. when I say could be the guy he could be the guy who gets them over the top he will be the starting quarterback unless things yeah, really and- go haywire with that contract yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna obviously disagree with that. That I think he's still. If I were to predict how he plays, I'm I'm sure he'll still look like how he did last year. And not. I mean, he, the Patriots' offense last year had 12 touchdown passes in 16 games. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and all those weren't even. To all those weren't even Cam up, Newton. But... <laughs> and so I. I don't know. I I like what Kenny said. I'm, it's cool that he's back in the league, especially with Carolina. But I'll admit, I didn't. I kind of didn't like that he was like, "I'm back, everyone," and he's he's crossing his arms at the podium. It's like, dude, you 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 played, <laughs> you played a few snaps, and you yeah, you got some yards, and, and they were all goal line stuff. And but I don't know, just I, I want to be getting getting that cocky over one game and not even yeah. being the starter. I didn't I didn't care for that. I don't like Cam Newton. I just want that note. I don't like him. I, I'm I'm happy I, for him. I I wish him the best, but I don't like him. What's What's weird? This is gonna sound biased, but when he was with New England, yeah, I obviously hated him as a quarterback. But as at the podium, I actually did like him at the podium. He came yeah, off. I didn't think as, he was bad. Yeah, he came He's off an as a super nice guy there. I I get why but people I, but, wouldn't like that. But in Carolina, but... in his heyday, and I guess even now, maybe he comes off as kind of cocky super cocky like too much too much yeah you uh, know when you don't play liking. for two months and you score a touchdown your first play <laughs> on the field i get the excitement and feeling like he's uh he's back to his old ways he did get called for an unsportsmanlike conduct because he took his helmet <laughs> off for it but hey that was like classic cam newton running a touchdown and uh you know celebrate make a make a big scene and um you know i think that 
it's reasonable to believe he can have some success with this team. They play Ron Rivera and the Washington football team this week, Dolphins, Falcons after that, and then last four games would be tough. Buffalo, two games against the Bucs and the Saints, so things could come crashing down at the end, but I do believe that uh, Cam Newton gives this Panthers team a better chance, just the excitement he brings compared to whatever they had out of Sam Darnold. Well, yeah, okay, so that part... Than Darnold? Yeah, th- that part... <laughs> That part I will actually agree with. The way Darnold was playing in the last five games yeah. could not have been worse. So even Cam Newton, I would actually, I would actually take him over the last month of Darnold. All right. So we did uh, mention the Patriots a lot, talking about Cam Newton. Mac Jones is a the guy there, and. He had himself a pretty solid game. The defense had themselves a great game. You guys had a front row seat for the Patriots, laying an absolute beating on the Cleveland Browns, 45-7. to Kind of score you would think in like 2014, not necessarily in 2021. So at this point, are you guys fully bought in on the Patriots as being a legitimate contender in the AFC following this big victory? Yeah, I mean, so in this current win streak, there have been a lot of games where I've looked at it and thought to myself, okay, it was a good win, but I, there's a but after all of these games where, okay, it's a good win, but it's the it was the Jets, and then they played the Chargers. Like, all right, well, it was a good win, but the Chargers made a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes, and then and then then the week of, the week after that, it was like, all right, well, that was a good win versus Carolina, but Sam Darnold sucks, and so <laughs> that's how I was, that's how I looked at it uh, after all these wins. It's like, okay, I want to give them credit, but I can't help but focus too much on how much the other team just sucked. And yeah, the Browns weren't that much better, and I obviously overrated how good they are, or I thought they would be, but I think this was the best Patriots win of. The, the entire season. I think they were great from start to finish on both sides of the ball. And I really feel like everything uh, from this off season that all the acquisitions that they made this off season through the draft and through free agency, I feel like a lot of them, not all of them, uh, especially got, especially someone like Johnny Smith, who was visibly bad. <laughs> and, and now, now he's not even visible. <laughs> he's not even dressing up. So yeah, not was every- he a healthy scratch? I think so. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not. 100% I saw he sure, was inactive, but, but I didn't know if like I didn't know he had like any kind of injury. So yeah, I so I'll admit sure I, I don't. I'm not sure, but so he hasn't panned out, and and Jalen Mills hasn't been great in some games. But for the most part, the acquisitions acquisitions that they've made this offseason are starting to pan out. Starting with Mac Jones, I feel like in the past couple games, the Chargers and Panthers games, I feel like the Patriots are have been winning in spite of Mac Jones's bad play or maybe not bad play but mediocre below average play and uh, he looked rattled in those games and had some bad turnovers but I feel like in this game I think it was no question his best game of the season his first three touchdown game of the season and his career he had over an 80% completion percentage and so that's definitely great for him and not only that but I feel like they the the Patriots weren't too conservative either. I feel like that that's one of the criticisms I've had with their offense to begin the year. But Mac Jones was six of seven with 103 passing yards and a touchdown on passes that had 10 plus air yards in the Cleveland Browns game yesterday. And so they're definitely he's definitely improving. And I think the Patriots coaching staff is showing more faith in Mac Jones now. 
And so that's definitely a great sign. And Ramondre Stevenson was awesome as well, running the ball. He had 100 rushing yards and uh, two touchdowns. And I actually didn't like that pick when they made it because everyone was saying that, oh, he's the next LeGarrette Blunt. I didn't like LeGarrette Blunt. <laughs> he, he was great against soft Colts run defenses, but he wouldn't do anything in meaningful games. And so when, when everyone was comparing him to LeGarrette Blunt, I didn't like that. But he's he's so much better than LeGarrette Blunt. He's a much more dynamic runner and pass catcher. And so I, it was great to see him play well yesterday and I don't want to say he's better than Damien Harris but you really can't go wrong with either of those guys yeah I mean he was a preseason darling I think this was like his first real opportunity yeah so yeah he, he was great in the preseason the and uh, I'm surprised it took him this long actually to, yeah awesome to break shout out our friend Will for starting a JJ Taylor over Ramondre Stevenson <laughs> in our fantasy league <laughs> yeah Brian and I were talking about that after the game he had two J Taylors on his roster I, yeah. I was saying he might not have known which was which and he, he, he just figured <laughs> I'll just put them both in <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so those two guys were great yesterday and then also the free agency pickups of Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne, they're starting to uh, look great. Well, Hunter Henry's looked great in the past month plus. I, he has seven touchdowns over the past seven games, and he hasn't been productive receiving-wise, but in the red zone, that's where he's been most effective. He's clearly their best red zone target. And so so he, he even though John Smith doesn't look good, Hunter, Hunter Henry has looked great. And, so, and then Kendrick Bourne, he's not a number one receiver or even a number two receiver, but I'm glad that he's getting more involved. And he's not the fastest guy, but he's definitely uh, someone that is a good playmaker. And he had he had that really nice touchdown in double coverage uh, early in the game that was great to see. And so so offensively, I, I, I like what I've seen. Uh, but I think the biggest reason for their win streak right now and for – you know, future success for the Patriots is their defense. Their defense has definitely been great of late, where especially Matt through Judon and Christian Barmore, those guys are problems for for any <laughs> any offense uh, the they have to face. And also, also the Patriots, they're they're top ten in uh, sacks this year. They're also top ten in uh, third down defense and. They're also top five in takeaways, including second in the league in interceptions. So their defense has definitely stepped up of, of late. I mean, I, this is not uh, this is not a big picture thing, and I don't even know if non Patriots fans care about this. But uh, Jacoby Myers got a touchdown too. Yeah, he that did. Was great. I know. I, I as a you know Jacoby Myers fantasy owner, I was glad that he finally <laughs> got a score, and I, I would certainly be happy with him getting more of those. Yeah, I mean it was it was garbage time end of the game. Most of the most of the fans had left, but it was still really great. It just, was cool seeing see all the players him, yeah. celebrate with him. I'll yeah, him yeah. He's I, I was a pumped. Player. Yeah. Every, I think every single game that I've been to with Kenny this year, I think every single time I've mentioned to Kenny, Myers has to score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it, and so that was my favorite moment of the entire game was seeing seeing him finally score a touchdown because I I'm. I'm definitely a fan of of him. I mean, his first year he struggled a bit, but of course, I mean, he was an undrafted free agent. He's start a starting receiver in in Tom Brady's last year when Tom Brady wasn't exactly the best teammate that year. Yeah, with one foot out the door and yelling at <laughs> yelling at everybody, and so I kind of felt bad for Myers that year. Uh, but he he looked good last year, even with Cam Newton, and he's definitely improving this year with Mac Jones, and so. 
definitely great to see him finally score a touchdown. Yeah, and and big picture, um, I didn't expect this from the game. I thought the Patriots would win, but I did not think it was going to be a blowout. But in terms of them moving forward, I never stopped rooting for the Patriots. But last last season, it was it was nice to have Brady and the Buccaneers as a secondary team. Um, as a team I could get excited about because the Patriots, it became pretty clear partway through the season, pretty early on in the season, they weren't a team to really get excited about. Um, it used to really bother me when they lost. I couldn't really handle a loss and I learned very quickly how to handle a loss because I had to last season. Um, and, and not just a loss, but just th- they didn't, they didn't really show any kind of promise or potential to me. This team is, it feels like a team I can get, I can get excited about again. Um, and thinking about them as a playoff contender, I don't ever really like to look at the losses and be like, oh, we were so close because it's a loss. You know, it's, it goes in the loss column. It doesn't really matter how close you were if you lose. Yeah, I'm certainly not a fan of moral victories. <laughs> right. But to, to, look at, to look at the team moving forward, I think it almost is kind of important that th- they've only had one real definitive loss this season. And, you know, if it's if they have if they have, you know, 10 losses throughout the whole season and it's like, oh, well, nine of them were so close. That doesn't matter. But where they have four losses and then you're looking ahead, I, I just think it's kind of important to think, okay, yeah, they, they had four losses, four home losses uh, at the start of the season. Um, three of those were close. One of them was overtime. Miami was ugly, but easily could have gone either way. Kind of sh- shouldn't have ended the way it did. Um, the Saints one is the only one this, where they, yeah. they actually did lose and it really wasn't right. close. And and those are all losses. And like I say, I'm not trying to to discredit those or anything, but looking at, at those three of those four games and then looking at how the team seems to have turned things around and they they like I say, they're just a team that I can get excited about again. They look like they're kind of firing on all cylinders. Um like you said, the defense is looking really good. JC Jackson is has been great the past the past few weeks especially. I think it's five interceptions on the season. Something like uh, that, including the I pick think six. is the most of any player in the last four years now. Yeah, so it it's just, are they gonna win the Super Bowl? That's I'm, I, I that's too big of a prediction for yeah, me that, to make. That, but are they a one, playoff contender? I mean, I th- I think they could be. Yeah, that's one thing that I don't. <laughs> one criticism I have is that I think. Patriots Nation is getting a yeah. little too excited over. The I mean, comparisons to the oh, 01 team. Yeah, yeah they're, they're right yeah. now a six. Yeah, the the comparisons with the 01 team and has definitely been. Definitely, they're a game above 500. Like, yeah, they, they've, <laughs> let's let's let's. Two yeah, they're, they're six. And, they're six and they're six and four. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're six and four, and they're a six seed right now. Right, right. <laughs> so I don't definitely don't want to get too excited. Yeah, about it like everyone else, but. I'm definitely th- this win is definitely the the win where I'm believing them the most, and uh, I'm 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 really starting to believe that they're a playoff contender. And I certainly won't go as far as Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender, but what no. I will say is that the AFC kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, you can right. look at all the best teams; all of them are you can poke holes in any of them. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, next I week mean, yeah. isn't really a big game for them against uh, against Atlanta. Following week is a big game against Tennessee, you, you have to factor in the fact that Tennessee lost to the Jets. And I know there are circumstances around, around well, these you have things. To fact, but... You have to factor in that they also don't have Derrick Henry and Julio's not a, yeah. that big of a loss. He's definitely kind of washed at this point. But Derrick Henry is a big loss. And 
for whatever reason, it hasn't caught up to them yet, but I would yeah. imagine Adrian Peterson. it will. Jesus. <laughs> 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 well, no, but I, I think I think that the I think the Titans game will still be a big game, and like you say, the AFC is not particularly strong. So no, I, uh, even Tennessee... with even with no Derrick Henry, if they can if they can beat the Titans. I think that's big. If they can split the games against the Bills, which I think is completely doable, I think that's huge. You know, that's looking further ahead, obviously, but I don't know. I I think that things could go either way for them moving forward, and I did not feel that way at the start of the season. So yeah, I I just think I think Tennessee, the the Henry loss, I think will eventually catch up to them, and then Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, is the best team, but they also lost to Jacksonville there, a week yeah, ago. No one in the AFC is is looking and, infallible and at then all. Kansas City. Kansas City, I still think, is a playoff team, and they might even win the division now if the other three teams are now trending down. But for the most part, they haven't been that good this year, and I don't know if yesterday's game shows that they turned a corner or if they just lucky that the Raiders are just falling apart now, or I don't know. I mean, I don't so know, I think Corey. I think I think it's wide open uh, in the AFC. So that's one one thing to be to feel good about the Patriots moving forward if they can get to the postseason. Corey, you said after the Super Bowl that Mahomes is a fraud, so I don't know how I, you're feeling about that take now. No, I you know what <laughs> I last agree night with you now, I think. Yeah, last night it looked like he was kind of fixed. But yes, I yeah, was yeah. absolutely agreeing that Mahomes is a fraud. <laughs> For the first nine weeks I look good and it's still possible last night was a fluke. Um that being said, so I guess I'll give my thoughts on this game. It put my brain into a pretzel. Like every now and then there are games like this where I don't know how to think because look, as a Steelers fan, I'm not a fan particularly of either of these teams. And right. the Cleveland Browns are a team that really annoy me in the past few years because I would much rather them be the one in 15, oh, and 16 <laughs> team of a few years ago, rather than the team that's beating the, the Steelers in the playoffs. So um, the Browns, release Odo Beckham Jr. And going into the season, part of the reason why I was down on the Browns was because I thought Odell was a negative for that team. So to yeah, me, yeah. I wasn't celebrating that. I was like, this is addition by subtraction now yeah, that Odell's I, gone. I, I'm, the, I'm the biggest Odell Beckham hater on earth, but even I thought he would be good for their team, but he, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. No, he You're was right. useless he, he for was... them. And I thought that the Browns' offense would be much better without having Baker feeling like he needs to force the ball to Beckham every now and then. And it looked like that was probably the case when they went into Cincinnati and they blew out the Bengals. It wasn't even close in that game. So I'm starting to get like nervous. Like, wow, the Browns are actually like literally just about to turn it around now that Odell Beckham's gone. And what happens, they go out and they get blown out, which sounds great, but they get blown out by the Patriots. And now the Patriots have won four in a row. And uh, a few weeks ago, after the Patriots had the huge win over the Jets, like, all right, yeah, like, good for them. Like, this is a huge win. Like, this could mean something. Yeah. But That's we'll see what, what happens in the, next, in the next four games. We'll see what happens. Like, there are four games that really, to me, looked like toss-ups. And the Chargers game, yeah, it was close. Maybe could have gone the other way. The Chargers uh, certainly beat themselves at times. The Panthers game, like you said, Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts in that one. But still, I mean, that's that's a big win for the Patriots. But then to come back home where they've already lost four times a season and absolutely destroy the Browns. Baker Mayfield under 100 yards passing before being knocked out with an injury. Uh, Dearness Johnson, he ran the ball well for them. But no, no Nick Chubb. Like, this offense is very much down when they don't have Nick Chubb and no Kareem Hunt. So After yeah, the, the first drive that the Browns had where they scored the touchdown. After that, the Browns had eight total yards in the first half. 
Yeah, the Browns, their their offense was really bad in this one. And I think that speaks not just to, you know, their offense maybe not being totally fixed without OBJ, but also just how great this Patriots defense is. And I have to disagree with you guys. I think that because the AFC is as wide open as it is, because there's no clear dominant team, every team has flaws, the Patriots are absolutely a Super Bowl contender. There's no reason to wow. believe that this team can't Big continue words. this up. And here's the thing, like, there's... Being just making the playoffs in the AFC makes you a Super Bowl contender because any team can lose to anyone. Like you said, Buffalo, you're like, oh, are they the best team? They lost to Jacksonville. Tennessee, are they? The, I mean, they have the best record, but they also don't have Derrick Henry for the rest of the season, most likely. So I think that, and then Kansas City is one where it's like, yeah, what do we really want to make of this team at this point because they're so inconsistent? So I absolutely. And, and then the Ravens any, lost to the Dolphins. Yeah, right. Ravens lost to the <laughs> Dolphins. Any team that makes the playoffs in the AFC is a Super Bowl contender. So even if the Patriots have their own flaws, they have to be considered a team that can be a big threat and go on a run when they get there which I I think at this point it it seems likely that they will like they have that tough four game stretch we got the the Titans at home they have the the two games against Buffalo trip to Indianapolis those are four games that will be kind of telling uh but at the same time I said that about this stretch of four and they're already off to a three and oh start and they're going to beat the Falcons on Thursday night so I just don't want to get too high with no, hey, I get cause... it. I'll be the one who says that. And look, I, I could very easily be wrong. I wouldn't necessarily be upset if I'm wrong, but I, I'm starting to think that this team, like, I don't think it's that crazy to compare them to the could, 0-1 Patriots. It could also point. be a good jinx as well. Yeah, hey, yeah, I've been good at trying that. to jinx them. I have been very good at this. Season. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, yeah, and, and Brady's washed, so it's over Brady's for them, right? Washed. Yeah, Brady's washed. Brady's over. <laughs> he fell off the cliff finally. Hey, you know, he lost to the Washington football team this week. Um, I know you guys weren't able to really focus too much on it, but no. what are your thoughts? You know, it seems like a good transition to start talking about your other team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have two Brady jerseys to burn before I go to Tampa Bay next Monday night to see the game. <laughs> uh so I was sitting at the Patriots game with Brian and I looked at my phone and I had a notification that said Brady was two for seven with five yards and two inter- two interceptions. I was like, uh, Brian, I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now, but it's not good. Yeah, I, I ended uh, up watching yeah, the highlights. Bad. The first interception yeah. was clearly on whoever okay. the receiver was. Uh, it was Jalen Darden. And yeah. How was that yeah. not a fumble? Honestly, like, was that not a football move? I don't I don't quite Scott understand. Scott Hansen honestly. thought it was a fumble like on red zone and then they I, said I oh no they ruled it an interception like he didn't that's he crazy didn't say so Brady if, if, they, if he didn't so. if he didn't catch that ball it was incomplete then that's great like that doesn't yeah, make any sense right. to me I, I guess it really doesn't matter it's still a no it's a turnover either way yeah. it's just whether it yeah. goes against Brady or the receiver right, right. it's just yeah I when I saw two interceptions on my phone um I was like wow I mean it's still it still wasn't good two two for seven for five yards and one interception is really bad uh but yeah, when I saw the when I saw the interception, I was like, "Oh, okay." The first one, not on Brady. The second one, he threw it. He he threw it to uh to uh, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, the, oh, the uh, second uh, one, Bobby was McCain, on him. I think that was that was Brady. But the first one, um, that that was not on Brady at all. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was not it was not a good game. Brady Brady turned it around to some degree, but it was not enough. Um, bad loss, but I don't know. They play the Giants next. I think they can turn it around. Yeah, so I mean big picture. Am I concerned? Yeah, but I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't press the panic button uh, if I were a Bucks fan. 
well, I guess I'm a semi-Bucks fan a little bit, but you know what you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think they'll still be fine because they don't have Gronk or Antonio Brown right now. And I know technically Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, those are their number one and number two receivers, but I feel like Brady oh, yeah. has just as much I mean, of course he has chemistry of Gronk, but I feel like he trusts Gronk and AB just as much, if not more, than the, those the other two guys. Because, I mean, in the Super Bowl last year, Brady had three touchdown passes. Three of them were two of them were to Gronk, and one of them was to Antonio Brown. And yeah, and I mean, then, Antonio Brown lived with him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he clearly has a connection with those two guys. And then Week One, Gronk had also two touchdowns, and AB had one, and Gronk had another two touchdowns. Two, two touchdowns in week two. And so Gronk was great in the first two weeks of the season. And then week three, they were missing both of them and they lost to the Rams. Week four, AB was their most targeted. He was the most targeted receiver on the Bucks that that night versus New England. And then week five and six, AB was their best receiver uh, or the most pr- pr- productive receiver. And so not having those two guys, especially just given how much Brady accounts on them, especially on third downs, I think is has hurt them now a little bit. It I think it'd be dumb to say that he's not missing those guys, and so I think once they get both those guys back, I think their offense will be just fine. I am a but I'm a little concerned though because I remember last season it was Week Twelve versus the Chiefs and they get shredded by Tyreek Hill, and it, it, the Bucks just look like a a very talented team, but not a very well coach team or a smart team they look like they were just going to be in the wild card round and lose but they had that bye week in week 13 and then after that they just dominated and I yes the, the end of their schedule in the regular season was were, were cupcakes with two games versus the Falcons and one versus Detroit but they definitely turned around a cor- turn they definitely turned something around because they won all their playoff games on the road and then won the Super Bowl of course and but they lost to the Saints week nine, uh, or not week nine, uh, week eight, and then then they have then they have the bye, week nine, and then they lose again. So the bye week didn't help them this time really, and their defense also is, I mean their front four is great, but their secondary is definitely still a concern. They're giving up the third highest completion percentage in the league, which is definitely not great if if they want to win a, another Super Bowl again. So. Am I concerned? Yes, but I'm not pushing the panic button. Panic button. If I'm a, if I were a Bucks fan, but they're probably not going to be. If I had, if I had to guess at this point, it's probably a little too bit early, a little too early right now. But they probably won't be the one seed. But at the same time, they didn't. They weren't a one seed last year. So right now, I'm a little concerned, but not, not panicking. I'm not even concerned, honestly. <laughs> Maybe I have like Brady goggles on. I guess I don't know, but I feel like like when Brady was with the Patriots, I feel like they always they always had a tendency to lose these weird games. You know, it's like they'll beat the good teams, but then they'll randomly lose to 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 just some team that they have no business losing to. Uh, is it is it? Can I see why you're concerned after the bye week losing to Washington? Yeah, I can, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is this is sort of. I just feel used you think to it's it, a fluke. I guess. I think it's a fluke. I think that I think that I don't know if I want to say Brady's prone to fluke losses because there's a whole team. It's not like it's just Brady. Um, but but I'm used to seeing fluke losses from a from a team that is consistently good in the in the Patriots over the last two decades. And and if you'll let me get a little bit uh, 
conspiracy theory e here. I don't have any statistics on this. This is just anecdotal. My dad used to always say, he still does say, uh, that it is tough to beat a team twice in the same season. Um, don't know any statistics on that. But twice in the same season, not just three times, twice. I think he said twice. Three times he's definitely said. I think he might have said twice. I could be wrong on this quote even. Yeah. But can we say for sure that Brady didn't have his team lose this game on purpose so that if they meet Washington in the playoffs somehow, I don't think that's going to happen, that Heineke wouldn't get the better of them? Because last year it was close. I can't rule that out. Did he do that against the Saints too? I'll say he did. He sucked I'll versus the Saints last year until the playoff game. Exactly. And maybe that's what he's going for here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this I, I think, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, that's way too much. I, so Brady didn't play great. Taylor Heineke did play great. And I think, I think the reasons to be concerned about the Bucks are really health related because, I mean, you mentioned Antonio Brown, how great he has been when he's been on the field. The Bucks are five and no when he plays. They're one, one, they're one and yeah, three, oh, three without, uh, a B and Gronk, I think it is. What yeah, it I don't know how the Gronk stats were because he's he's had a few games where he's played, but then well, he that's, gets that's hurt. What again, I meant so. both of them combined. Together. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's tough to say with that one, but yeah, when when the Bucks are healthy, they have their full roster. They should be the most talented team in football. That's been the problem, and it's not just on the offensive side. The secondary was already probably their weakest point, and it's been depleted throughout the season. They you know they had to sign Richard Sherman, and he can't even stay on the field with his injuries. I think that there should be a lot of concern that this team can't get to the full 100% health that they need yeah, to be. And, and yes, and they God... have Tom Brady, and he'll always be that kind of X factor. But, I mean, if this team has to go on the road, and if they have to go and play a team like the Cowboys offense or the Packers offense or the Cardinals or the Rams offense, can this defense stop them? Can they slow them down enough that you know the offense can win them the game? Another I'm not couple, sure. Another couple health concerns I forgot to mention. Chris Godwin... He did play, but he was questionable, re- really questionable coming into the game. He was a game-time decision, and that's after a bye week as well. And so what whatever, what he's been dealing with is certainly lingering if, if it took him an entire bye week and, 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 and more for him to even make it to the game uh, or, yeah, make it on the field. And then Vita Vea, he had an injury scare as well, but I it yeah, it's not like as, be it doesn't sound like it's as bad as it could have been. He's yeah. probably missed some time, but it's not like season ending. Yeah. So if they were to lose him, then yeah, that would have been a, <laughs> a huge It been a huge blow. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm completely willing to concede that I'm probably too optimistic about the Buccaneers, but I feel I I feel like I think about them, them the way I used to think about the Patriots in that if they make the playoffs, they got a shot at the Super Bowl. You yeah, know? and I absolutely and I, agree I still with that. I think that's true. Yeah, but I, I, I understand the concerns. Um, I don't know if they, if they lose to the giants, if they lose to the giants, I'm going to fire myself out of one of those cannons, <laughs> I swear. But, but I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. You know, I <laughs> would not be shocked if this team, you know, wins 10 in a row from here just because they're <laughs> the Bucks, and, you know, it's, as soon as things start looking bad, they just turn everything around. But I, I do think that there should be some concerns and it's easy to say everything will work itself out in the end. And it's very possible that still happens, but I don't know. I think it's beyond the point where you can say, oh yeah, they lost to the Rams in week three or, oh, they lost to the Saints on the road. Like, I think that this is a legitimate, like, okay, you know, maybe we need to, you know, pump the brakes a little on the the Bucks will be totally fine. And a lot of that just has to do with the fact that the NFC is so loaded this year that there's so yeah. many tough teams that they'd have to go through. And yeah, if, and 
this you know, is, this, this Bucks is... team, I don't think would win the Super Bowl. It's basically in their current state right. if they had to play a game against any of those well, top. And teams. that was kind of the it's case last not year. Not saying in in the Super Bowl, but I'm saying if the the playoffs started right. Tomorrow. Yeah, and now in the right. Super Bowl, they have a chance against NAAFC yeah, team. Would, I would still say, yeah, yeah, getting there. But, is, but to, right, 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 right. But to what Corey said, that was kind of the case last year, where really three quarters of the season they didn't look like. Oh a Super yeah, Bowl for sure, and they team. they figured it out at the end, and the right. the Bucks stretch down the end of the season does look very favorable, so they and, could end up figuring out and riding in hot and, again. And I'm I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but time will tell. Is is really yeah. is really it. I mean, this is the first surprising loss for them for me this season. Like the, the Rams, I I expected them to win, but I was I expected the Bucks to win, but I but it was I thought it was going to be very close. I was not surprised they lost. The Saints, I thought they should win, but you know, especially last how they did last year against the Saints, I wasn't super confident. To the it's Washington tough to be I, a division rival on the road. Yeah, Wash, yeah. Washington, Washington. I, I their defense that was hasn't given, been good know? ever until. This past game, and right, then the one game right. they play well defensively, they lose Chase Young for the season. So, yeah. and and speaking to how loaded the NFC is, there's no room for the for for the surprising losses. You can only lose a couple of games to the teams that you should be losing to. So, I think that this was at this was this one was okay if it's the only one. Um, we'll see how it goes. Again, I'm not concerned. I probably should be concerned because I I do consider myself a Bucks fan after the Patriots. Um, but st- I mean, I'm going to Tampa Bay to see them. I would, I would say that that counts. Um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I, I have more confidence still, I think in the Buccaneers than the Patriots, if I'm being honest, but, uh, if it comes down to the Super Bowl, I will, I will be rooting for the Patriots. I'm going on record. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you cleared that up. I don't think it's going to uh, happen. But... You're also going to the Jaguars game this uh, I am weekend. Going to the Jaguars Any thoughts game. on their, uh, tough loss to the Colts? <sighs> um, unsurprising i was far more surprised by uh, their win against the bills i'm hoping they can somehow pull pull something like that out it won't quite be like that in my opinion against the 49ers um i expect to in my my florida football weekend uh, i expect to come out of that one and one um with the with the bucks winning and the jags losing but uh two and would be great uh but regarding the colts um I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, full disclosure, didn't even watch the highlights. Uh, it was it was at the same time as the Patriots game, so I couldn't uh, watch it, and I didn't feel the need to check out what happened. So. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be surprised by the Jaguars losing to anybody at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, one one thing that really disappoints me was that we couldn't get all three of us on an episode together um, right after Week Four because, as much as I would have loved to hear you talk about going into a hostile environment as a road fan, you know, wearing your uh, Brady Bucks gear. Uh, I think it would have been even more fun content to get your reaction to uh, Urban Meyer and his uh, little little uh, escapade in uh, Columbus and uh, his bar that night right before. So I hate Urban Meyer. Yeah, I figured. How long? <laughs> how long till he's fan. gone? <laughs> it's been far too long already. I can't believe he's still there. I, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't like. Urban they've Meyer won a few games. Ohio. So. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I'm surprised he. I'm surprised he stayed after that whole incident. Um, given that he did, I think he'll last the season at this point. I don't think he'll last more than the season. But if that wasn't enough to get him out of there, I think he's probably going to stay for, for for the rest of the season, and then they'll get rid of him unless he leaves to the Southern Cal job. True. That could. I, yeah. If he but if he leaves now, I, it'll be on his yeah. terms. I think. But yeah. I. I could. I don't know. I could see him staying through the whole season on his terms as well. I mean, but if he survives the season, that. then maybe he'll, he'll be back next year too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that just sounds crazy to think about. I hope not. Yeah. 
All right. That sounds like enough football talk for this episode. What do you guys want to talk about now? What, what, what do we want to talk about? What do you mean? About? What, about, uh, what about that other game, Corey? What other game? Uh, the, the, the tie game. There's a the, tie uh, the Lions, The Lions' first non-loss of the season. Oh, no. So the Steelers-Lions game actually got postponed because of uh, rain. It was bad oh. conditions. Yeah, they're going to play a doubleheader later in the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did watch highlights, by the way. I did, did check this one out. You know, I'm I'm jealous of you guys that you were at the Patriots game. Not that you got to attend a football game in person, but that you didn't have to watch the Steelers Lions <laughs> game at all because that was probably the worst game in Heinz Field history. And um, so, I guess I should say I didn't get to watch the entire game. So I'm pretty fortunate living in. Um, North Carolina, an area where there are a lot of like Pittsburgh transports. Uh, there wasn't a team until 1995. So a lot of people started rooting for teams like the Steelers or the Cowboys in the 70s when they were the, the biggest teams always winning the Super Bowl. So the Steelers tend to be on TV basically every single week. But this week they were on Fox. Panthers are typically on Fox as well. So the Steelers game wasn't on. And I guess um, just real quickly before I talk about it, I, I did end up having to just rely on Red Zone and the uh, ESPN fantasy cast. So um, I'm not usually a big fan of like illegally streaming stuff, whether it's games or movies, not necessarily even like a moral thing, but just the quality is never good. There's always some kind of like lags and delays. Um, but I haven't missed a game yet this season because they've always been on. <laughs> so I s- decided to give it a chance. It was working okay for a little while in the first quarter. And then eventually it just it was just dying. So I was like, okay, let me reset this. And um, so you know how like, I guess, you know, uh, FBI, close your ears. But you know how when you're like <laughs> streaming something and like it'll always have like little pop-ups that'll yeah, come yeah, up yeah, in new yeah. tabs. Well, most of the pop-ups were very just like, not stupid useless stuff uh but i decided all right i'm done with this when it popped up a legitimate porn site i was like okay nope it's not worth it i'm just gonna stick with uh following along on you know twitter and just hoping that red zone doesn't forget about the game and honestly i kind of wish they did forget about it because this was an absolutely painful game to watch um it was a game where neither team deserved to win It, it deserved to end in a tie And I think the frustrating thing about this game is that I can't say the Steelers only lost because Mason Rudolph played. Oh, thank thank God. I was, I was, was, no, I was excited for Mason Rudolph. He was not great in this game, but he was far from the only problem. I I don't know. Mason Mason Rudolph sucks, but you can't say that, oh, they would have absolutely torch the the lines if ben was playing like i no, think mason rudolph not. as much as i don't like mason rudolph and i much i think he sucks i he was fine in this he wasn't great but he was he had, not great he had he had one interception he had one touchdown one interception horrible interception 50, had some should not be throwing 50 passes in a game yeah. especially <laughs> so in like the, 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 the rain threw, and the snow the fact they threw 50 passes in the rain and he didn't he wasn't terrible that, that's that's honestly that should be a win. That should have been that enough sh- to be yeah, the only. That should have been Lions. enough for a Absolutely. win for the Steelers. No, and I look, mean, go ahead. So, so I I don't I never like to point to one to one factor, or especially like one player or anything. But even just like one to say, oh, they didn't just lose because of Rudolph. I agree with that, but I I do think you put Roethlisberger in the game. I think I don't think they would have blown him out, but I think they would. Yeah, have won. but I think I think it would have tipped the scales. I think, but it's not that's not just on Rudolph by any means. I think Roethlisberger. Um, 
Yeah, if, if he were in, they probably would have won by a field goal or touchdown or whatever. Yeah, right. Just, yeah. just a little bit. I, exactly, which like th- that's not like saying much about the 0-8 yeah. Lions. And I think I don't want to really just overreact to this one game. I think that this game is kind of a microcosm of the Steelers season and a lot of their issues as a whole. Because sure, maybe Ben comes in and he doesn't make some of the mistakes Rudolph does. But he's not scrambling for 26 yards. He's not um, airing it out in some of the ways that Rudolph was doing in this game. Yeah. And that's one thing that Rudolph is able to bring to the table. Maybe wasn't the best conditions for that deep ball just given the weather. Um, but the, the defense is a problem and not in the good way that it was the past couple seasons because TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward are legitimate defensive player of the year candidates. Like both of them are having phenomenal seasons. Uh, if you basically all of the, the rating sites say Hayward's been even better than Aaron Donald and TJ Watts missed some games, but he's still way up there in terms of sacks after those guys, everyone sucks. Like, this the Steelers defense is bad other than those two players. And a lot of that is because of injuries. Guys are missing time. Guys aren't healthy. They're old. Like Joe Hayden, he's been great his first four years of the Steelers. He has passed his prime. And it's just it's disappointing because a lot of the guys that had me excited about this season, really on both sides of the ball, are not living up to it. Like Devin Bush, the Steelers traded up. 10 picks for him, take him number 10 overall. I don't know what happened to him, but I don't think you can blame that torn ACL anymore because he has been awful this entire season. He, he had so many whiff tackles that led to Jamar Jefferson and uh, I don't even know the other Khalif Raymond. Yeah, that- yeah, I mean, Khalif Raymond was good. Like the, the Lions had 200 rushing yards in this game. How do you go from shutting down Nick Chubb to two weeks later letting the Lions run for 200 yards for the first time since 2018? It was uh, one guy, a uh, 42-yard touchdown run. It, it wasn't was, um, Swift. It was No, it was Godwin, Godwin Iguabuke. <laughs> yeah. DeAndre Swift had 130 yards on the ground. That was, that was, the Lions threw 25 passes. Jared Goff only broke 100 passing yards as the game went to overtime. And the the Lions were able to move the ball seemingly at will anyway in the second and third quarters. Now, the defense did kind of step up at times. Uh, early on, they were shutting them down when the offense was uh, you know slow after that first touchdown drive. But yeah, the defense has a lot of issues. Minka Fitzpatrick, he got placed on, on the COVID, COVID list now. today. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, who cares? That's not even a big loss anymore. Like last <laughs> season, that would have been a huge loss. Two years ago, a well, monumental though. one. He's been... He he had an interception to this game, but it called back because Devin Bush had a holding on the play. So it's uh it's really frustrating just seeing everything happen with this team. And look, it's easy to overlook that when they're winning games, even if they're maybe not winning by as much as you'd want against the Broncos and Geno Smith and the Seahawks and uh, you know an injured Baker Mayfield or the Bears last week on a Monday Night Football. But the Steelers won those games. You can say, okay, yeah, they're winning. They can get to the playoffs. All these other teams, the AFC have flaws like we talked about with the Patriots. But ultimately, this Steelers team, I don't. I think they'll be lucky to make the playoffs at this point, and there's no reason to believe that they're a threat. Like as much as I can say, any team who makes the playoffs is a threat. The Steelers, they're not. They're not. And I came into the season hoping for ten and seven. That's officially off the table with the tie. I guess nine, seven, and one could still work. Could let still me, maybe get them to the playoffs. But let me with get this, this defense. Me, this offense is. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna do anything. Let me get this straight. So you're saying the Patriots are now Super Bowl contenders, and now you're and and the Steelers are now 
would be lucky to make the playoffs. <laughs> yes. That is what I'm saying. And it's it's not even just because this team tied with the Lions. The schedule gets way tougher from here. And they're, they're not getting better every week. Well, the offensive well, see, line the thing looked is, like I, it was, and now it's not anymore. I, I, well, I don't want to – I don't think – I think they can be a playoff team. I, I don't – I don't, just given how wide team. open no, the they, AFC yes, is. Exactly. I would be – typically I'd be agreeing with like everything you're just saying that about their upcoming schedule and their struggles. and But part of it's also probably a little bit jinxing. But I just, just thought I'd throw that out there. But um, – so no, yeah, I'm not I, intentional. I, I'm not trying to. I know, I know but around. just when like, you say Patriots Super Bowl contender and Steelers will be lucky to make the playoffs, it kind of does sound a little bit, especially since one is not that much better than the other. I mean, maybe the Patriots are definitely trending in the right direction, but I mean, yeah, the Steelers I aren't know. trending I'm, that I'm much. To... The, the Steelers aren't trending that far down right now. They they yeah they had a, it was a bad tie, not even a loss, <laughs> a bad tie, but. I think it's like kind of crazy to look I just at think... this past week and say that the Patriots aren't that much better than the Steelers, honestly. Like, I'm not saying the Patriots are, are you know, incredible, but Steelers, the Steelers are really bad this week. It was yeah, one it was, it was one week. No, and of course, like, I don't think the Brown, not, that's the thing. It's not about the, one week. It's the about Browns, the entire right, season right, right. and how the, it all led to what unfolded on Sunday. The, the Browns look unstoppable a week ago and look like they turned a corner and then they look like right, complete and the crap and this the week. I mean, yeah, I so feel the like Patriots are the best now. I just, I just think every single team in the AFC, maybe even the league, almost every team in the league, I feel like it's very up and down roller coaster for a lot of these teams. It's just that I wouldn't go that far I wouldn't go yeah, that I mean, far yeah. up or down with with these teams like higher too high or too low with these teams like, I think it's just a bad time not giving and- up on the season yet like I, I won't go that far like I said I'm not gonna overreact to the one game you just but I, you just said that you'd be I, lucky to make the playoffs so yeah, I, it no, did I, sound I, like you were giving I, up <laughs> I'm not no I'm not giving up totally but I am I'm much less optimistic than I was seven days ago okay that, that all right that's fair because I'm with the Patriots, I'm definitely more optimistic than I was. Yeah, as a you month should ago. be, because yeah. the the Patriots had a big game and they blew out a really good team, and the Steelers had a which should have been an easy win, and they end up with a a one in the tie column. So my point is just don't get too low or even too high on these teams because it it, it changes constantly. It's just this frustrating year. because the Steelers, if the Steelers won this game, they'd be first place in the AFC North thanks to the Ravens losing to the Dolphins. And now they just, you know, they're fifth, uh, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's frustrating. And this team absolutely can go into LA they can, and beat the they, Chargers. They won week one. They beat the Bills yeah. on the road. Like that, that's a game that personally I did not expect them to, and probably many people I didn't, didn't expect them to win. And so that's a win that they shouldn't have won. Yeah. And they had a, uh, a, a tie that they weren't supposed to tie or lose. It should have yeah, won. It, you know, it if, worked if both the, ways. If this team starts playing up to competition the way that they tend to play down to competition, uh, which historically they have done, then sure, this team absolutely has opportunities to um, really turn things around and make this just look like a an embarrassing moment in the middle of the season. I mean, I as much as I'm saying this, I'm also looking at the 2008 Philadelphia Eagles who tied against the 1 and 8 Bengals, very similar situation. Uh yeah, Donovan McNabb talking about, "Oh, I hate to see what would happen if there was a tie in the playoffs of the yeah. Super Bowl." And then Najee Harris. Decided. Najee Harris saying, "Oh, wait, I didn't know you could tie." They were saying, "Oh, 2-3 overtimes. We we didn't know the game was over." Do you, um, I th- do you but think, that team, that Eagles team, went to the NFC Championship game. So 
you know, maybe it's possible that that's the trend is... you're going with because someone t- <laughs> because someone didn't know a tie. They they're going to the NFC Championship. Yeah, which happens every series. time there's a tie. Someone has a quote. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's frustrating. I mean, the game itself. The the Steelers had these opportunities. Deontay Johnson fumble. I, I, that was the ultimate. Uh, <laughs> Just going from, oh, my God, go, 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 to, oh, my God, no, no, no. Just collapsing on the couch. Like, <laughs> yeah, what is I, going on? I saw my Ryan Santoso's field goal never had a chance because it's the Lions and it's the rain. And I didn't know how it was going to miss, but I knew that it was going to miss. And then, of course, Pat Fryermuth. When the Steelers had a chance to pull out a remarkable win, um, you know, s- snatching victory from the jaws of tie, they fumble. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. it- I was watching. I only watched the highlights, of course, but uh, I was watching the highlights, and it was during overtime. I don't know who the announcer was, but he was like, "Does anyone want to win this game?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, was, no, that was a hundred percent how it felt. Like neither team wanted to win the game, neither team deserved to win the game. Not all ties are created equal, but this was a game that a hundred percent should have ended in a tie, like it did. So yeah, no, yeah, this this was a, this was a tie through and through it. Especially, how many how many changes of possession were there in overtime? Everyone had, yeah, everyone had ample I think opportunity. Three, four opportunities for each team, and that's yeah. here's the thing: when a game goes to overtime, and you're asking either Jared Goff or Mason Rudolph to go on like a seventy yard drive for a win in you the rain, kick a field goal. Not, yeah, in the kick rain, a field goal, and they and they yeah, forty yeah. yards. Yeah, that's and yeah. they kick a field goal in the rain. Obviously, that didn't work out because the line did that and uh, didn't yeah. even come close. So not even close. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a positive. Najee Harris continues to look good, uh, 100 yards rushing again. So the the bigger loss in this game was not from Ben to Mason Rudolph. It was I think I think Claypool was a bigger loss to be honest, because like for this game and, and possibly longer because Claypool he's still all hypothetical. I mean, he's another yeah. guy where it's like he has all this potential, but he can't win a 50-50 ball. Last week he made a he had like a twenty six yard catch against the Bears, and I was like, no way! Like Claypool actually caught something because he never does. He's always been like that. Even well, last I'm just season, saying like that. Their, their receivers after him and. Deontay are not exactly great. It's James Again, Washington and Ray Ray McLeod. And Ray Ray apparently yeah. was pretty good in this game with well, nine I, for catches. whatever reason he was then, the game plan. It was Ray Ray McLeod. Like after his horrible punt return fumble, like he's going to be the feature receiver, not Deontay Johnson. And then, you know, and James, James Washington, Washington he uh, early, but. he's been playing with Mason Rudolph since college. So I mean, but I, either way, like it's a big drop off after after him, even even if he hasn't been great this year. And so, I don't know. I, I I don't disagree with the concept. I just I I don't necessarily think that Claypool is a difference maker in this game, and I think it's just another thing where it's like all these guys that had all this potential, and it, you're just not seeing it on the field to this point. I don't know if we will see it. So that's went kind of ri- why I'm went, feeling pessimistic right now. Went off the rails about the Steelers. Right, yeah, Steelers I mean the playoffs and pass go to the Super Bowl. Here we go. How do I not go off the rails after watching them tie the Detroit Lions? Like, I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, the Patriots almost lost the freaking Texans, and I was about to quit if, if yeah. they lost that game, so I'll admit. My Jags did lose to the Texans. That was devastating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, that's enough Steelers for now. We'll see. Hopefully, I have more positive things to say in the future. But yeah, I'm it's, sure, uh, I'm it's hard to feel positive. I'm right sure now. it's not over. <laughs> Speaking I'm of sure. positive, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh boy, <laughs> he tested positive for COVID. Um, 
revealed that he was not vaccinated despite telling everyone that he was immunized, whatever that mm-hmm. means. And uh, he ended up missing the game against the Chiefs. He did come back to play against the Seahawks. They won 17 nothing. First time Russell Wilson has been shut out in his career. Uh, but I think the bigger focus is just Aaron Rodgers and his uh, his positive test for COVID and the uh, media circus he went on following that. I remember yeah, I mean, he's a joke. Yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I I remember several episodes ago. I don't remember when it was, but there was a five question segment Corey and I did, and one of the questions Corey came up with was Michael Irvin talked about how if you don't get the COVID vaccine, you don't care about winning. And and the question was, like, do you agree with Michael Irvin? And uh, Cor- Corey was just straight to the point, like, yeah, you don't care about winning. And Corey's known as, this is the phrase he came up with, uh, anti, anti-vaxxer, <laughs> which I found pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, I like it. So he was straight to the point. And I'll admit, like, ever since the, ever since this been going on, I'll admit, I've, always tiptoed around the idea I've, I've always tried to be mindful of people's uh, opinions on this and I don't want to be too judgmental on people's feelings on the vaccine or not getting the vaccine or whatever but when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers thing I, I'm kind of I'm just I'm just with Corey now like if you don't get the vaccine like if and, and you don't care about winning <laughs> if you're if you're an athlete like you don't care about winning. and Aaron Rodgers I mean what a what an asshole! <laughs> what a dick move that was to yeah, I mean, to say to say you're immunized and well, then he doubled down too. He was like, oh, he was like, oh yeah, that was the truth. He said he said it was the truth that he was that he was immunized. Meanwhile, the CDC was like, uh, I mean, whatever homeopathic remedy you're using is I mean, not being immunized. Uh-huh. But I mean, technically, he wasn't technically wasn't lying. I, it's I mean, like, how is he immunized? Yeah, he didn't I mean, have COVID and he didn't have the vaccine. It, it's it's like that it's like that SpongeBob episode where they're selling the chocolate bars, like uh, where they stretch the truth. I don't even think it was <laughs> I don't know if there is much truth. You, you no. rub it on your skin, it makes you live forever. Like oh that's you, a lie. That's, yeah, yeah, you that's listen to, straight up lie. You listen to Joe Rogan's <laughs> podcast on his medical advice, you you'll you'll be it, it'll be just like getting the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, just eating no horse face. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I I certainly am not a fan of um, you know what Aaron Rodgers has done here, but my bigger thing is not necessarily that he wasn't vaccinated, but the fact that he was like lying and yeah. that and the fact that the NFL is just letting him get away with it because he's oh Aaron no Rogers. they find him uh fourteen thousand six hundred fifty dollars <laughs> which, which is like yeah. which is like finding us for a parking ticket basically well that's <laughs> not even uh, the same not week even. they find cd lamb twenty thousand for not tucking his jersey in. yeah, that, yeah that's, right that's like bs like, like an absolute circus like i love the sport of football i hate the nfl sometimes yeah the, the nfl product terrible uh not the product but not or not just the product but the off the field stuff this year has yeah. been Bad. It's been a brutal and, season and, for the NFL, and even even still, I'm still gonna watch football. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I, I was I. I mean, this is a a, a bit uh, a bit unrelated, but I was part of me wanted to not watch football last year because I was very I was very serious about taking COVID seriously and taking safety seriously, and I didn't feel it was safe for them to be playing, and. I considered not watching football. And my main thing was if Tom Brady goes to another team and went to the Super Bowl, I don't want to have missed it. And boy, am I glad I had that mindset. But ultimately, ultimately, you have to you have to be selfish. Sometimes I like football as many problems as I have with the league and a lot of the things around the sport. 
I like the sport, and I I just I got to think of myself sometimes. I want to watch football. I'm gonna watch football. It, it's from I kind of have opposite views about last year where I I needed needed football. No, and I, I understand that it's, it was, I understand that much. I needed yeah. the escape for sure with football. Yeah, I didn't necessarily need the other sports, but yeah, having having <laughs> football was nice last year. Um, Rogers should have been suspended technically, right? According to the rules. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that his his well, absence against the Chiefs should have counted. I know he's and Golden it's, Boyer and Rogers, you know. Yeah, no, I totally understand why people would be frustrated with that situation. I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of ridiculous. And I, the like, he's going on like the Pat McAfee show and just spouting off all the typical vaccine misinformation, not mm-hmm. apologizing for lying, but apologizing for people thinking that he lied he's what he'd like i'm sorry if uh you thought i misrepresented what i said or some ridiculous statement. yeah he's such so, a self-centered i'm smart smarter and better oh God, than yeah. anyone in the room kind of guy he's just he's such <laughs> a dick him. he's such a dick he really is i i i i'm i i like watching him on the on the field as a quarterback he makes throws that honestly probably no one can make to be honest yeah he's incredible on the field incredible on the field but as he a might pers- be the most like talented passer yeah, I mean, in nfl yeah. history but as a person I, i've i've started to dislike him more and more by by the year and oh yeah me too and i started not like <laughs> and, and and in that pat mcafee uh thing that he did uh after when when he when he tested positive and he was at home he, he talked about how like yeah, well, if the vaccine is so great, then how come people are still getting COVID? And th- t- to steal what Jimmy Kimmel said, he said, uh, "Well, if you're so great, how come the Packers haven't won a Super Bowl in ten years?" <laughs> I mean, like that's so spot on. It just, uh-huh. and I know people can people will say, "Well," and I won't disagree, but people will say, "Well, well, what about their defense? What about the coaching? What about the weapons that he has on offense outside of uh, uh, obvious elite guys?" I mean. Yes, that's part of it, but I don't know. Like, there's just something wrong with Rodgers. I don't. It just... Oh, he's he's I, like I think he's losing it. I think he genuinely needs help. Like, where where was it? Chicago, where he's like, I still own you. Like, I I think he's unhinged. That, that was that was ridiculous too. Who gives I think a, he's unhinged. Who gives Seriously. a shit? You own the Bears. That's like Brady <laughs> yeah, yelling right? to the Bills. Yeah, I know. It's I I don't I don't oh, know. I still I don't own he's... you. Who who cares about the Bears? <laughs> I know they've had this hundred year rivalry, but no one really gives a shit, to be honest. <laughs> no, and I mean and then and then he goes I think it was on Pat McAfee as well. Most of the things he says are on Pat McAfee. Yeah, I mean uh, he's on he, like every week basically. Yeah, and he's like talking about cancel culture and the, the, the woke mob. Yeah, right. He said like, like yeah, th- I'm a victim of cancel about? culture. You're a victim of not getting vaccinated yeah. and lying about it, dude. Yeah. Uh as to 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 pivot slightly, um I I every the Patriots fan in me the the part of me that does not like the Steelers really wants to dislike Terry Bradshaw but I just love Terry Bradshaw uh I, I, every time I see him talk he just he just says something that makes me like him more and him calling out Rodgers like he was he was pretty harsh on him uh just saying he doesn't care about his team um I I don't know he 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 worded what he was saying really well and he I just usually like what 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 Bradshaw has to say um but it, it was nice to hear him uh, go after Rodgers. Um, I'm, gl- I, I, I'm yeah. glad people are, were critical of Rodgers after yeah. the the news came out of that he tested positive and he wasn't vaccinated. I'm I'm glad people were critical of him. And I thought it was so absurd that people were saying, how come people are 
more critical of Rogers than Henry Ruggs because Henry Ruggs killed somebody and and like because ninety nine point nine ninety nine point nine percent of people know that it's dumb that you can't right. drink and drive and if you do you can't drive one hundred fifty six on a non freeway ever like there's no back and forth there it's just like we're right. all in agreement but there are plenty of people that have differing opinions on whether or not Rogers did the right thing or not and. I mean, right. I mean, I haven't heard anything from Ruggs, but I don't believe he's been like, no, I didn't do that. Like, uh, you know, like I mean, there's <laughs> there just, is it's release not the same him right away, too. Like, it's not like, yeah, and there's, there's nothing to debate. Yeah. And again, yeah. the Raiders did the right thing, but like, but there's plenty to debate with this Rogers thing because, like, we've talked about the NFL just gave him a slap on the wrist and like it was no big deal when it clearly was because he's the quarterback of the team. <laughs> You're around yeah. everybody. I mean, see, the thing is, though. The Packers players and organization they they have to know if your players are which ones are vaccinated which ones are and they they did know but if they knew that he was not vaccinated then why is he around everyone and without yeah, not without a mask, mask and yeah mm-hmm. not that I really think masks work because that he much. said he's immunized and everyone believed him such, and he's such bullshit well the thing is not only did he say that now that I think about it he said. Uh, there are some players on the team who aren't vaccinated. I respect their choice. I mean, he's he's talking about himself. <laughs> I respect me and my choices. <laughs> okay, Aaron, we know yeah. you do. Um, yeah, I guess one last thought I have, you know, kind of going back to Kenny's Terry Bradshaw comments, it sounds like it's going to be pretty awkward next season when um, Aaron Rodgers has asked Terry Bradshaw if he can wear his number 12 uh, for the Steelers next year. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Hey, look! I'll still take him on the team, uh, you know, especially if my options are him or Mason Rudolph. But I mean, the Niners, the, they offered a huge trade for Rodgers, and I, I, I would be critical of the Packers not taking it. But after seeing Jordan Love versus Kansas City, oh my God, does he suck? Wow, he's yeah, I'm he's disappointed not, about that. I was really high not, on Jordan Love. He's not. And I, I, so part of me feels Bortles. What is this? Part of me, yeah, feel, they just <laughs> Part of me feels bad though because. He's getting th- his very first game as a pro quarterback is in Arrowhead in a 4:30 the game of the week kind of game and that's such a even though Kansas City's defense blows that's kind of a hard a, a tough environment it's a to tough play environment in. yeah so Parmi Parmi feels kind of bad and he he did have a touchdown at the end of the game so he technically did get better a little bit by by the end of the game but for the most three and a half quarters of that game he was not ready and. Part of that's on him just not being good, but part of that also kind of is on the coaching, like not preparing him well enough. But that, but part of that is also on Rodgers kind of screwing him a little bit by not getting vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so, a lot to blame for that. So part of me wants to be critical of him not taking that trade, but after seeing Jordan Love, it's like, all right, well, I guess, I guess, I guess it's smart to not trade him. But if you don't win a Super, if the Packers don't win a Super Bowl, I mean, Rodgers isn't worth the headache unless if they do win which hasn't been the case they keep losing the nfc championship no, well game. i don't even i have no idea what to make of rogers um you know love for green bay at this point in that organization i know he still loves playing football he loves yeah, his lo- teammates but yeah in that in that press conference that he had once he was confirmed that he was coming back he talked about yeah like no one really wants to come here for vacation people come here to play with me yeah and and try to win super bowls even though that's not even the case whatsoever he said he got misty eyed <laughs> Um, just the emotions of him being welcomed back by the fans and being on the field. So that might have been the COVID. Though. He he, he really <laughs> is. He the, I I wish I I wish I thought of this before someone else did. But 
he really is the Kyrie Irving of the NFL. It's a lot of similarities between the two. Yeah, I mean, I and you know my feelings on Kyrie Irving. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I mean, I I totally get that. Um, I think that's an interesting take, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, with that, let's kind of you know move on from the <laughs> NFL talk. We, we spent a lot of time talking football. Uh, certainly, some good and bad stuff in there, but uh, I do want to take some time to talk about baseball. So. Uh, this offseason is a pretty pivotal one for Major League Baseball because the labor agreement is set to expire on December 2nd. And we've known this for a while, but it's probably going to be a very um, painful offseason as the players and the league try to negotiate a new labor deal. A lot of topics being thrown out, what could potentially be in there. And uh, I want to take this time to give my own thoughts on what I really want. But real quickly, let's talk about Eduardo Rodriguez. He signed with the Detroit Tigers today. Brian, are you sad, happy he's gone? What are your thoughts? Kind of whatever. I mean, the Red Sox need pitching, and they lost one of their starting pitchers, obviously. I mean, Eduardo, I mean, I know he's been here. He was he was with the Red Sox for a while, but and he did make an impact, but it's not – it's not a huge loss. I wish I kind of wish they brought him back for one year at that AAV, but five years now. Yeah, five I, years, seventy-seven million. Yeah, that, fi- that's a lot. For that's him. that's too much. I, I'm 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 fine with them not bringing him back if it if if that was the what it took to bring him back. So I, yeah, I'm not I've, losing sleep over that one. I've always had mixed feelings about Erod. Uh, yeah, I thought he was same. very frustrating early in his career. I know 2018, 2019, things started to let, get a little better. He was a um, sixth place for Cy Young in the American League in 2019. Then COVID got the best of him, uh, missed the 2020 season, was kind of frustrating in 2021 at the end. I'm not necessarily sad to see him go, but there is a lot of pressure on the Red Sox to replace him. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it as well, is that it, I'm not losing sleep over them losing Erod, but... They do need to add pitching because, like I've said before, after Evaldi and Whitlock and Pavetta, not a lot of arms in that in that pitching staff that I have faith in. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah, any opinions on Eduardo, Kenny? Uh, I don't think I watched a single pitch of baseball last season, but Erod <laughs> was one of the few Red Sox names that I knew. So that is not great for me uh, as someone who considers themselves a Red Sox fan and seems seems not great for the team if he's one of the few players I'd heard of. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess he he is a a contributor on that team. Um it really depends on how you view his contract and really, you know, how that should stack up in the rotation because to me he's not a front end starter. I don't know if he's necessarily being paid but like a front end starter, more like a second or third guy, but even then um I do think he's replaceable as long as Kyle Bloom can, you know, actually sign that guy. So, anyway, I do want to kind of talk about the one thing that I really want out of Major League Baseball. And uh, I've kind of alluded to this in the past. We've talked about it before. uh, But to me, I I just kind of see this as an opportunity because there's been a lot of um, talks around this labor dispute and potential things to come up in the offseason, some of the ideas being thrown out there. And uh, recently at the GM meetings, Scott Boris, the uh, all-powerful agent, Arguably the most powerful guy in sports. He gave a hour-long 
just interview session with reporters just giving his thoughts everything and anything about the state of major league baseball and the reason why i say he's probably the most powerful person in all sports is because major league baseball does not have a salary cap and scott boris is an agent for all of the best players and he can basically uh get every star player to go wherever he wants whatever uh, all the biggest money and can really control the league, control the players association because he controls those top 10% of players. And uh, it's very frustrating hearing him say some things. And really the one thing that sticks out the most is him criticizing the Atlanta Braves World Series victory, saying that they did it the wrong way. Because instead of building a championship team by spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in free agency, something like the Los Angeles Dodgers did. They won 105 games. They had their crazy $300 million payroll. The Braves did some tanking, I guess. Uh, back in the 2014-2015 offseason, they traded uh, Justin and BJ Upton along with Craig Kimbrell to the San Diego Padres. They started to tear down some of their bigger assets, invest in their farm system. And ultimately, that led to them being a team that after a few seasons of losing a lot, they started winning a lot, and it led to them winning the World Series this year. So those trades netted them Max Freed and uh, a competitive balanced draft pick that turned into Austin Riley, two huge contributors to their World Series team. They drafted Ian Anderson with the third overall pick in 2016 after sucking in 2015 because they decided to start tanking. And he was another key contributor to their team this year. So they build this team uh, in a way that was the easiest for them and for a lot of teams because they don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that they maybe don't have or maybe don't want to spend. And it is, it's unfortunate hearing those talks because as a fan of a small market team in the Pittsburgh Pirates, I know that they're at a huge disadvantage. And I know a lot of that can be blamed on the owner. I'm not going to say Bob Nutting uh, doesn't do everything he can to win. But it's really frustrating knowing that Major League Baseball is the only North American sport that doesn't have a salary cap. And it's going to lead to teams either having the advantage like the Dodgers do with a huge TV contract to just spend all the money they want or force teams to win with a low payroll by just trading off assets, building up a farm system, and having a bunch of low-cost uh, star prospects help lead them to a World Series title. And the Braves, another point that Boris made was they went out and they added guys at the trade deadline at low cost. Guys like Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, all huge contributors in the World Series run. With Rosario winning NLCS MVP, Soler winning World Series MVP. Uh, I thought those were fantastic moves at the time, and they worked out for the Braves. And I think it's great that Atlanta built a World Series team that way. And I think it's great that they beat the Dodgers in the NLCS. I know Brian agrees with that. And uh, it's it's frustrating to know that we're going to have this new labor agreement at some point, and it's probably not going to result in any kind of meaningful change in the economic structure of Major League Baseball. So um, even though I don't, I'm not optimistic it's going to happen, I do want to get as many people on my side when it comes to implementing a salary cap system in baseball. And um, I do have some kind of 
thoughts uh, and you guys feel free to interrupt ask questions you know give your thoughts I don't know if you have anything just off the top of what I said about the Braves and Scott Boris there it looks like you're ready to say something Brian oh Kenny oh sorry okay I, yeah. both, okay both so of us, but Kenny, well so yeah. just I I didn't really honestly know that any of this was happening until today um, but I was looking it up a little bit and the 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 basics that I understand is that the players want more money and the league doesn't want to give them more money. Um, so is the so is is the league trying to have a salary cap, and the players don't I want don't that, or is that separate? League, I don't think the league is necessarily trying to have a salary cap. I think the okay. league maybe wants to limit some of the highest contracts that we see, um, some of the crazy two, three hundred million, ten year deals that get thrown out every off season. Um, but there, there's a ton of other stuff that's going into it. Things as as simple as having a DH in both leagues to another thing like the arbitration system and potentially replacing that major league baseball suggesting having it be war based. So basically in the current setup um, players with uh, I think between four and six years of service time typically are eligible for arbitration team will come up with one number. The players will come up with another number. If they can't agree somewhere, they'll go into some kind of court system and the player will argue why they're worth more and the team will argue why they're worth less and they want to replace that and just have it strictly based on wins above replacement and whatever your war is for that season and previous seasons they'll multiply it by a number and that's how much you'll make for the year and the players are not a fan of that idea right right i mean i i i wasn't on the player's side last year during the pandemic i thought they should have been a little bit more mindful of like that <laughs> our world the world is suffering right now and a lot of uh, average people are just losing their jobs and businesses and i thought the players last year were selfish for not being more mindful of that and and so i was critical i mean we talked about this Corey, last year that i, yeah. I was i was definitely critical of the, of the player's side more than the owner's side last year but after hearing what you just said about the war thing, I'll admit, I, 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 would, I don't know if I would love that either. I don't know. That sounds kind of weird. I well, don't necessarily have a huge problem with the current system of arbitration. You know, maybe there could be ways that it would be like less awkward and stuff and better. But yeah, I, I don't necessarily love war either. I think that a lot of these like analytic stats are, the, I don't want to call them made up stats, but they're, you know, in, in some ways that someone comes up with a formula, the, uh, I think only, they're only they're, they sound like stats that only nerds would understand. <laughs> I mean, the 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 casual fan will know what uh, like like win loss record is and uh, and uh, ERA maybe right yeah uh, earned run average and what home, about run, FIP? home runs RBIs st- stuff like that like just normal stats <laughs> batting average <laughs> the casual person can understand the stats like that but. When you get to stats like, yeah, wins above replacement and a bunch of other funky stats, uh, the average person is not going to know all of them. I mean, some of, some of the advanced ones I understand, but there are definitely some advanced ones that I'm like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know. I'm the same way, and that's how a lot of like people try to talk about how good players are these days. I, Do you I think re- that oh. I've, seen a lot, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, baseball is dying, and I think a common sentiment – or not not obviously not among baseball fans but i think that a lot of people say baseball is boring do, do you know are baseball ratings down in recent years yeah i i think they are uh, i, okay. Corey I don't I, think they are i'm pretty well, sure they, they were not. up in the past couple seasons 
Why? Why? Well, the World Series definitely did not. Have yeah, the World Series. I think as a whole, Major League Baseball ratings have been up. I don't know if they're significantly up compared to a few years ago, but I do think they are trending upwards. Yeah, maybe the playoffs not as much. Even if they're up, I'm curious what one like what the demographic is of, of those fans. Probably a lot of older. Like, fans, like is yeah. it is it older generations Boomers. or is it? Uh, Gen X's or, or millennials, no. like what what the demographic is of of the high ratings or low ratings or whatever. So I disagree with the concept that baseball as a sport is dying. I think that you know the the College World Series and really the NCAA tournament this year was it was some of the most exciting like coverage I'd ever seen from it. It felt like everybody was really into it. I don't know if it had to do with, you know, COVID and being one of like the first uh, major sports when all like the mask mandates and, you know, vaccines were coming in, like those were going away. Um, but it, it felt like that was big. You know, there's still a ton of uh, elite high school prospects getting drafted early and parents are still signing up their kids to play little league. You know, I was very much watching the little league world series this year. And it was, it was also <laughs> still just as fun as exciting as always. So I disagree with the notion that baseball as a sport is dying. I think people are still playing baseball. The issue is major league baseball itself is, I don't know if I want to say dying, but it's, it feels like it's on life support in some ways. And I, it, I well, don't, that's what, I don't think it's going to actually go away, but it can certainly I, drop off in popularity significantly, especially if they end up losing this season. That's what I've told Kenny is that it won't ever, it won't die, but, but right. it's on what you just said. It's on life support where it's just, it could certainly be passed always, by leagues like the NBA. It's NHL, always just hanging around and it just becomes, irrelevant at times to be honest and so here's the issue with major league baseball is that it is a regional sport and the reason why it is a regional sport is partially on major league baseball's fault because they just limit who can watch games out of market blackouts lots of stuff Um, and it's really frustrating for fans who want to watch their team but they can't because they don't have access to watch games so that is a big issue but a lot of it, in terms of it being a regional sport, is the fact that there is no salary cap system involved. And you're going to have teams like L.A., New York, Boston, like those Chicago. There's always going to have a huge fan base because those teams are always going to be able to spend money and they're always going to be willing to. Whereas in smaller markets, it's easy for teams to lose interest in their teams because you know teams like the Pirates, where they're constantly losing and having really low salary payrolls and stuff. And... You just don't care about the other teams at that point because why are you going to care about you know what the Red Sox and the Yankees are doing if you're in Pittsburgh and you know that's not it's just the way that Major League Baseball is run right now. It's just it's not inclusive to just being a casual fan of teams like people are in like the NBA, the NFL, NHL, and, and less to extent. Yeah, I mean, just being able to watch any game and caring. I mean, I I don't want to totally disagree with you because every time we talk about baseball or, or like like previewing it when we just talk about like the Red Sox Yankees uh the Chicago teams the LA teams Dodgers and, yeah yeah and we just talk about the big market teams and and like the lower market teams I barely know the players and even the bigger market teams I I don't know like the entire rosters I mean I I think the bigger problem is that the product just it stinks sometimes. The, the product like, is no. The product it's, it's it just also such can a, use improvement. It's such a it's slow grind of game. Like, games, yeah. games sometimes take four hours and even longer, which is so absurd. It it shouldn't. It, games in the past used to be 
two and a half hours and three, but now it, when it gets into the four plus range, it's like, like, like let's speed it up, speed up the game. It's just, and and then also I talked about this last time when we were talking about World Series is that I can't stand how much analytics have gone into baseball. It's gone too far with analytics to the point where starting pitching is. The starting pitchers are just now getting taken out of games and just way too micromanagements in these games. Teams where, are starting relievers. Yeah, as uh, just yeah. using like seven different pitchers a game, and you don't really like just faceless guys. Like I mean, it's so much better. It used to be so much better when pitchers would go seven, eight plus innings, and it, you're carrying the team, and you like you you're relying on your ace pitcher and. And you know who that guy is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with that. I think there are a lot of problems with Major League Baseball in the way that games are slow. But I think it would be easier for fans. Like, here's the thing. Red Sox played a lot of four-hour playoff games. And, like, yeah, it kind of sucks. You have to stay up later. But you're still going to cont- keep watching the game when it's close because you care about the team. But if you're a fan of just, you know, some, like, random team in the middle of the country, you're not going to necessarily stay up all night to watch a Red Sox no. raise play. No, it's it would only be yeah. So like I'm I'm I agree with you, or mm-hmm. that that it is a problem. The that I would only I would only go through that situation if it's my team. It, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't stay up that that long if it were two teams I didn't care about. See, and I I don't know if a salary cap would totally fix everything. No, but it I wouldn't. Think it would go a long way to helping just generate interest there's yeah, still I, things that need to change on the field but in terms of the off the field ratings fans i think it would mean it would make it would be a lot better for the game if teams across the league could hold on to their star players regardless of how big their tv contract is or how many people live in their you know general market area yeah i've had mixed feelings about salary cap or no salary cap because i still want the the big market teams to be good but yeah it 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 really should be a, a more level playing field for the other twenty teams or so that aren't as big of markets as the New York, Boston, and LA teams. The Dodgers and then, and then yeah, the have, Dodgers. What, they have a two hundred something million dollar payroll. They go out and, and sign Scherzer Trevor Bauer to a huge contract, lose him to a suspension, and it's like, oh, who cares? We're just going to trade for Max Scherzer so and Trey Turner. That's where I was just about to go with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that like, like everything the Dodgers did like this past year with who they got was just absurd and they still lost (laughs) they still lost again and that's uh, having like a salary cap system wouldn't or i guess not having it doesn't necessarily mean that you know the dodgers it doesn't fix everything but it probably all the time it probably just would help other teams a chance like and it forces teams to not just go through these crazy tear down rebuilds you see like the cubs and the astros and the, the braves do and you know, the Pirates and the Orioles right now, the Tigers, like those teams, they're forced to do that because their only way of competing is by stockpiling as much young talent as possible and hoping to capitalize on a short window. Like the Royals won the World Series in 2015. Yeah, and now they blow. And then they lost. <laughs> yeah, because they lost everyone in free agency because yeah. they couldn't afford to keep anyone around. So, yeah, and then the, like, yeah, the Ash- oh, cool. Yeah, they won the, a World Series, but if, then now they suck. I don't know if you said the Astros, but like that's an, another example. Yeah, no, the Astros, uh, they were they lost 100 games every single year because they're like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to tank and we're going to have this young talent. Correa and was they came number up, one yeah, pick. Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, Bregman was, number two. Yeah. And then when they're ready to compete, they go out and they, they add some key free agents and boom, they win a World Series and they I go re- back re- to two more. I remember in the Rays in 08 
when they beat the Red Sox, made it to the World Series, and then they lost to the Phillies. <laughs> Joe Madden was like, this is only the beginning for us. I'm thinking... No, it's not. You guys are screwed. <laughs> like this is well, it's over. <laughs> this is your shot and all your good players are going to leave now. <laughs> yeah, and everyone wants to say, "Oh, the Rays, look at them. They're great every year." No, they're not. Between 2008 and 2020, other than a couple wild card games, they didn't win a single playoff series. So, yeah, maybe they had years where they were competitive and they were still able to make the playoffs, but they're not great every single year. They're in a current stretch where they're winning and maybe they have the formula down to a science. Yeah, the formula that they use have really is, good players. is, is great. Trade it, them and you know, formu- replace them with really good players. Yeah, the formula that they use is great success. It, it, it translates to great success in the regular season, but it doesn't and it shouldn't work in the playoffs. But at the same time, I I kind of don't blame them because, like, what else they, they supposed to they're do? They're <laughs> tiny market. They don't have a huge fan base. People don't care in Tampa, and they're yeah. able to do it. And it it would be painful being a Rays fan because every time they have a great player, it's just all right. How long till he's traded? And that's what fans do with the Pirates as well. Um, and I'm sure plenty of other small market teams feel the same way. And it's it's frustrating. And yeah. if they had a salary cap system. It's going to be an overall benefit to every single team, like across the league. The NHL, the, those players fought the salary cap system for a long time, and it led to a lockout that canceled the entire 2004-2005 season. And since then, revenue's gone from $2.27 million in 05-06 to five, over $5 million in 2018-19, the last pre-COVID season. So it certainly has benefited the National Hockey League. It's grown a ton since implementing the salary cap system. And I firmly believe Major League Baseball could do that because you won't have a bunch of fans concentrated in all these giant cities. It would be much more of a national sport with fans having reasons to care in every minor or major market and not just the major ones. Wow, you really care about this. I care a ton. Yeah, I care a ton. And look, I'm on opposite (laughs) ends. I'm a Red Sox fan and a Pirates fan. And I've said it so many times. I firmly believe that if there was a salary cap in baseball, Mookie Betts would still be on the Red Sox because they wouldn't have spent all that money on just random guys like, oh, you helped us win a World Series. Here's $60 million. And, oh, whoops, now we have to trade Mookie Betts because we were bad this year and we don't want to spend... $300 $300 million on a team that's not going to make the playoffs because we have a bunch of horrible contracts like David Price on the team now. So it's just like, I, I think that's basically it's something that would benefit all teams and the Dodgers. They're amazing at drafting development. They don't need a $300 million payroll to be great. They would still be a great team every year, most likely, but it's just, it's just another way that they're going to constantly make the playoffs every year. And maybe they'll choke like they do every year, but they're still getting there. They're, they're still getting to that point. They're always going to be a contender for the World Series when they have the ability to spend $250 plus million because they have an insane TV co- contract that no other team has. I don't want to deny that you're wrong. I just... I just there 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 are so many other things that I there are a lot of things. And look, salary floor is actually something that's being discussed. A seventy-five million dollars salary floor, and maybe they'd lower the luxury tax, but nowhere significant enough that it's going to implement a true cap system. Salary floor without a cap does nothing. All it does is, if anything, it hurts the small market teams because those teams are forced to either overpay for middling free agents who aren't going to be worth it, 
or they're going to have to trade for like terrible contracts on big teams like Eric Hosmer, Robinson Cano, Aaron Hicks, David Price, which in turn helps out those big teams by getting that money off their books. Uh, that's just basically being wasted on guys you can't stay healthy or just aren't performing anymore. So it wouldn't help anybody just having a salary floor. You need to have a full system or don't even bother. You should so. go to you, you should go to some court or whatever. Bring up this issue, bring up this issue, and just say, "Listen to this episode at this <laughs> this minute mark to this minute mark, and hear my take." Yeah, hey, I would <laughs> whoever, love to continue who, giving takes on this because whoever runs, whoever gets to the, I guess it's Rob Manfred, but uh, but whoever. Uh, yeah, well, it's Rob Manfred and Tony Clark in the MLBPA. Yeah, Look, I, whatever I love his team, baseball. Whatever his team I love, is. I love this sport. <laughs> I love the Pirates. I want them to consistently be good. And I know that a salary cap wouldn't necessarily be everything that they need to succeed, but at least give a chance. Uh, you know, that they're not just constantly forced to have to trade away big players because they, they can't sign them. And, you know, there's a lot of issues with it, but I, I certainly. I'm uh, becoming more and more passionate about this topic as the years go. And if if baseball loses the 2022 season but comes back in 2023 with a salary cap, then I think it's totally worth it. Maybe some fans won't come back, but I certainly would. Oh, by the way, Kenny, what do you? How do you feel about it? <laughs> uh, I I stopped watching baseball I, for for some of the reasons you you two have talked about, where the games are really long. And like, I like, this is not even really related to the, to, to, to the, to the con- controversy that's going on right now. But, uh, I just, it's so many games. It's like, it's a nice thing to put on while you're doing something else to like, it's great because, background. Because it's great background. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but still when it's like four hours, like I'm not doing anything for four hours. I put that on. I'm going to finish what I'm doing. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, I don't even so want to, I, I don't want to watch a movie for, for that long. No, ever. Four hours too long. I mean, regular season games don't usually last four hours. Sometimes they but. do. They do sometimes, yeah. Extra innings or Red Sox, Yankees. I just I've I've spread out my interest too far, and I make time for football, and I I I had to cut things out. I don't watch hockey anymore either, and I, I like hockey more than baseball. So, uh, I don't have a, I don't really have any any uh, any stake in this. I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. So Corey, I hope you get what you want. Yeah, because just, you're very passionate. I don't want to. I don't want to say you're wrong. I just I just know that you care way more about that issue than i do and you know I've, i could I've, I've i could talk on, a lot more about there it, but and i've gone on and on about the issues that i think are hurting the game more and i'm probably more vocal about it than, than you so like i don't blame you i just well <laughs> and everything you're saying makes sense Corey. because yeah. like when i think about baseball i think about like you know and this is partially because i don't pay attention to it as much but like the red sox the yankees the dodgers and then the other teams you know like i just think they're so there's at least half the league that i just think about as the other teams that are not mm-hmm. really they're not really anything that aren't really factors and i no, never they're, really they're know small why, market but you don't yeah that's ex- exactly i mean that's it and like that's how the league feels about them too they're the other right. teams we don't care and that's yeah it's every, a huge every issue. year this when you look at the standings <laughs> they'll be they'll be division winners that will beat the last place team by like 40 plus games <laughs> something yeah, because crazy <laughs> teams like the orioles their only chance of success is to tank and build through the draft and trades and hope for the best and you know they they're a team that was consistently good at the beginning of the decade i think they'll eventually be consistently good again but they're also at a huge disadvantage being in a division with the red sox and the yankees who oh we had a bad year all right let's just sign all the top free agents and we're good again so 
All right, that's more than uh, enough baseball talk for this episode. I, I didn't expect to talk that long. That's um, okay. So uh, I guess with that, let's transition into our top five. So um, I was trying to come up with a topic for this week, and I learned that November 18th, 1928, was the date that Steamboat Willie, the first ever Mickey Mouse short film, um, was released. And uh very landmark film because... One, it included Mickey Mouse, but also it was just ahead of its time when it came to the um, animation as well as having a full soundtrack. So I thought that was a good anniversary to do um, what I believe is a very fun topic, and that is our favorite animated but non-Pixar Disney movies in this week's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. So uh, we do have the disclaimer that it's non-Pixar. Brian and I are going to do a Pixar top five later on. I think February 3rd, 1986 was the founding date. So it'll be after the conference championship games. Um, let's not forget that, Brian. Maybe we'll have Kenny back on to preview a Patriots Bucks Super Bowl and do top <laughs> five Pixar movies at the time. I'd love uh, to. So... Um, for now, we'll we'll talk about this, and I guess real quickly before we start, you are going to Tampa and Jacksonville for football games. Do you plan on making a stop at uh, Disney World while you're there? Uh, yes. So uh, perhaps a foolish decision I made recently is that I bought an annual pass to Disney World and one Wait, to really? Universal as well. Yes. So I actually, I actually did know. I didn't know the year. Um, and I, frankly, I didn't know that it was Steamboat Willie, but I knew Mickey Mouse's birthday was November 18th because that's my friend's birthday, uh, who just moved to Florida and I went to visit her and was wrestling with whether or not to get an annual pass to Disney, um, because I didn't want to not get it and then go enough that I would have been better off with it. Didn't want to get it and not use it. Uh, the universal one was easier because financially it's, it's a no brainer to get universal annual pass if you're going to go more than once. Um, anyway. Uh, I have an annual pass to both, and I will be stopping in Orlando after the Buccaneers game. Uh, we're heading over to Orlando Tuesday. We're gonna do. We're only doing Epcot, which is uh, the least the least popular uh, Disney World park. It's probably my favorite park. It's it's my dad's favorite, which is why we're going. Uh, yeah. And we're doing one day there, one day in Universal. Um, coincidentally epcot's the only one with any openings the day we're going to be uh in, in orlando for disney world but that's good because that's where he wanted to go anyway um so yeah short answer uh yes i will be stopping at disney world before i come home all right that's fun there are 12 um, different disney parks uh well there's well, like not four or five orlando. main there's, ones yeah there's disney oh, world in orlando disney so i knew i've been to disneyland disney uh and then there's one in japan yeah which Probably is the one is, is, is there's, there's one Shanghai like, and Hong Kong, I believe. There's one like next France. to there's one next to Universal, right? Um, that's Disney World. That's Disney World. Okay, so I, those, well, and there's there's Universal in, in California as well, and there's Disneyland there. Yeah. So I think but I've been four to, Disney parks in Orlando. Sorry, go So on. I think I've been to land and world and and that's like it's that's it. Well, right. So Disney World in Florida has I think technically five parks, maybe maybe six. There's there's Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios. Epcot and Animal Kingdom, and then there's one or two water parks that I never yeah, go to. Yeah, Blizzard Beach I've been to. I don't I, know. Okay, I, I think it was Magic Kingdom 
is the one magic that... kingdom's like the park that's yeah, where, yeah. I mean, that's where the castle, castle is, is. It's so yeah. long ago that i've i've been though it's so. a good time it's a good yeah time. I, I i enjoyed it as a kid um i don't think i'll go back until i have kids of my own at this point so, uh, so unless i go to epcot to drink around the world so kenny and i talked about this yesterday actually and i said like would it be hell to go there like as an adult but then I, but kenny made a great point and i, I agree with him that yeah I think it would be hell. It's hell for adults to have kids. Right. But if you're an adult, uh, the, yeah. I'm sure it, it probably is fine. I was there I was there a couple weeks ago and all the adults I saw with kids looked miserable, but I was having fun. I was just <laughs> showing on the call. I'm wearing a Disney World 50th anniversary hoodie right now. It's nice. my new favorite hoodie. It's got a zipper pocket. It's great. It's a great sweatshirt. No, it's this year. This year is the Wait, this 50th, 50th anniversary. Oh, 1971. That's right. Okay. It says the 50th anniversary yep. of Disney World uh starbucks and icy the the slushy company wow. all three of those three. yeah isn't that yeah. crazy what a year nice it's yeah. funny that anyway. out of the three i'd probably care about the slushy one the most <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah fair. anyway uh, so i guess one thing i'll say is i feel like it would probably have been better to say we're doing it for mickey mouse's birthday instead of steamboat willie steamboat I, I don't willie, know why right. that didn't mickey occur mouse, to me but yeah you know same, same concept <laughs> november 18th anyway kenny get us started <laughs> as our guest with your number five all right. Uh, my number five is uh, Moana. Um, I think Moana is a great movie. It's it feels it feels very uh, very classic Disney, although it's uh, it's it's three D, and of course Disney classic Disney is two D. Um, Disney's departure from two D is something that makes me a little sad uh, because while I like a mix, I do quite like two D animation, as you'll see as my list continues. Um, but Moana feels very classic without feeling stale to me. And I think it's also, I'd have to look back, but I think it, I think Moana came out at a time when I had kind of taken a bit of a break from Disney movies. I'm pretty sure it was 2016. Yeah. I think when I was in college, I I didn't really watch much Disney. I was, you know, I was busy and everything and, um, 2016 sounds right. And so I think I hadn't, I think I didn't see it for a while. I might've seen it in 2017. And I think it kind of got me back into Disney, honestly. So, um, you know, not my favorite, but I think I I I loved it. Uh, it. It made me, it made me remember Disney, or made me like feel like I was watching Disney as a kid again, almost. Where it's like this feels like a classic Disney movie. Haven't really haven't really watched a new one in a while, uh, especially a new one that I really enjoyed. So it was just uh, it was really great, and I felt like it lived up to the hype that I'd heard about it. So uh, it was enough enough for me to put it in the in the number five spot. So I've never seen Moana, but I've heard You're Welcome no less than 100 times because my <laughs> brother is obsessed with that song. It's a really good song. It's it a, is a I good song. Yeah, I know. Players. I don't know why I still haven't seen the movie yet. It's probably should at this point. Written by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yep. Yep. So my number five is Tarzan. And Tarzan was orphan orphan human who grew up raised by... <laughs> raised by We're a gorilla. Plot synopsis. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that most people understand the, the yeah. plot of Tarzan. Yeah, you don't need to say more, right? <laughs> and Tarzan, I I liked, but the first time I watched it when I was four, I didn't like it because in the very first scene, I it scared me. Like I was four years old, and there was a fight. with like the the boat crash. Yeah, the yeah. Like the very beginning, there whatever. was fight between. I don't even remember who, what it was. A, I think it was a grill and another animal, but I, whatever it was, it it's freaked me out. And I asked my dad. If so not the shipwreck. No, I don't think it was that. It was That's whatever, it, whatever it like opens. the first, like whatever the first moment was in the movie that was semi-violent. Gotcha. It, it, okay. Even, even though it was a G movie, but I, I, I was four and I, 
I asked my dad if we can leave the theater. <laughs> I think Tarzan was was a G movie in a time where the ratings didn't really make much sense. Though I think I I think look it should have been a PG movie. There's like guns and stuff in it. Yeah. I, I don't know. G. I think G. If it, if it truly was rated G, that's a bit. I've, uh, I've never seen the non animated version, but obviously you've seen the animated. No, movie. I have. Yeah, it probably shouldn't have been G. But <laughs> Tarzan for me, it falls into a category of older Disney movies from from the '90s, where I saw it multiple times when I was really young. Have not seen it since, and I remember it fondly, but I don't remember it well enough because i haven't seen it in over 20 yep. years i'm the same you know? way with a lot of the disney renaissance movies yeah um, so i love them but i don't i can't put them on this list because i don't remember them you know so brian do you have more to say about tarzan no okay well so I, the, <laughs> but i like it yeah but, no it, but, i i remember liking it a lot as a kid um i i did watch at least the first like 30 minutes i don't remember a ton of it though um this is a few years ago it was actually it was the night of game four or no game three of the world series in 2018 when the red sox dodgers won 18 innings um i i went to a halloween party and uh, i got back to my friend's house i don't remember how i got back but i got <laughs> back and his sister and her friend were watching Tarzan, like they were just throwing it on, eating Domino's. So I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna join you guys and watch some Tarzan," and I ended up passing out on the couch halfway through the movie. But I did somewhat recently watch it, but I, I can't tell you enough to put it in my top five. Other than I, I do remember liking it. As I just a kid, remember so. enjoying it the next time I watched it when I was a yeah. little bit older and wasn't uh, as scared. But I, Kenny knows that I've fallen asleep in a movie theater. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I, but. And that was only the one time, but at, yeah. But as a kid, I've only left a movie w- once, at, uh, like half, not even halfway through, like literally the first ten minutes. Wait, so you actually did? Your dad actually did take you out? Yeah, like I asked, to, like, uh, like this scares me, like, and I'm four years old, so yeah, cut no, me I mean, some that's slack. Fair. <laughs> um, no, I yeah. harbor, I harbor a slight bit of resentment toward Tarzan because when I was in college. Uh, I was in my in my room studying for finals or something, and all I lived in a suite with with seven other people, and everyone was in the living room watching Tarzan. And for some reason, I had my bedroom door open, and I was just sitting there trying to study, and I could just hear Phil Collins, and I was like, I really yeah. want to be watching Tarzan right now. I haven't seen it in twenty years, but I have to study. I enjoy and, Phil uh, Collins. I haven't watched it since. I I like Phil Collins. I enjoyed his song more in The Hangover, <laughs> but I don't even like Phil Collins. I just like his Tarzan music. I I, I like Phil Collins. This is great. I, yeah, I great think album. it's like fine. Uh, the Tarzan, that, Tarzan, that, you more of a Peter Gabriel fan, Kenny? No. <laughs> I, I, Coming in the air tonight is definitely one of my favorites, and then oh, yeah, the Tarzan stuff, and, and then uh, I don't care anymore is probably my favorite. But yeah, I think I think this is the, for the Disney Renaissance movies. The, that's the big thing for me is that like I remember the music really well. So like so any of these movies, I won't name them that I can see on the list next to me, but but like Tarzan or any of the other movies in this era or most of the other movies in this era, like the music makes me so nostalgic, but I couldn't I couldn't tell you the plot of the movies. And yep, I, I, I it makes me sad totally and I should rewatch them. Yep. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Um, I guess, you know, speaking of Disney Renaissance movies, my right. number five is the Disney Renaissance movie Aladdin. Actually, the according to Rotten Tomatoes, the highest rated of the um Disney Renaissance, oh, really? so 1989 to 1999. I think Tarzan was actually the last one of that Renaissance. But um, Aladdin was always my favorite of those 90s movies. And there are a lot of great ones during that time. 
Um, admittedly, I had I dropped it a little lower on my list than I thought, partially because there are just newer movies that have come out since that I liked, and also it it felt weird watching it on Disney Plus last night when they start off with a disclaimer saying, hey, we know this movie's pretty racist against Arabs, like, bear <laughs> yeah. with us. Uh, and I, like, started looking at the cast, and I was like, yeah, every single person in this movie is, is every, like, voice actor is probably white. Certainly yeah. no Arab uh, origin people. So I, I think that, um, I don't know if I would say that totally ruins the movie or anything for me, because I do really love it. Uh, but I also realized watching back that the reason why I love it so much is because of Genie. And I yeah. think that Genie is um, my second favorite Robin Williams role, only after uh, Sean McGuire and Goodwill Hunting. So that that's certainly the reason why this movie's in my top five. I think it's a really fun movie, a whole new world. I mean, that's a song that I, I think of as like, yeah, that's great. It makes me want to watch Aladdin. Show you the world. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. Like like you say, a whole new world, and a song starts playing in my head, and I want to cry. Like I don't right. know why yeah, because like I haven't just, seen that movie in so long. I know you just think back to the the nostalgia as a kid. Um, I guess yeah. I should you know it's also worth mentioning. Big big fan of Jasmine as well. Uh, don't like Jafar. I always hated Jafar. Like he'd be like a reason to not watch the movie. Uh, but yeah, still not a fan of him even in this day. Uh, but I, I do still have a lot of love and appreciation for Aladdin, which is why it comes to my number five. Yeah, I I, I thought about putting Aladdin, but kind of the yeah. Uh, it's like what you said, Kenny. That some of the movies I just don't remember the plot plot well enough. Right. And Aladdin was one of them. Like I have seen Aladdin, but I don't remember it the plot well enough. And like Corey said, I like Jasmine. <laughs> didn't like Jafar, <laughs> like just like him, but but I I couldn't, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know I think, about like, it. Like a lot of the Disney Renaissance movies to me feel like it's like old friends that I haven't seen in over a decade. Where it's like I re- I have so much fondness for them, and like I re- I, re- I should reconnect with them, and and I'm sure it'd be a great time. But I I don't I don't know them well. But like I did consider Aladdin, despite that. Um, you know that I, I, I will. It's probably not this exact quote because I haven't seen it so long. But like when he says "You're free, genie" or whatever he says, like that's such a touching moment. Um, I was in Disney World shortly after uh, Robin Williams uh, unfortunately passed away, and I like I I used to collect pins a lot, and I like made sure to go get a genie pin. And like I f- like that movie feels close to my heart, despite not, d- despite it being in so far in my past, you know. Um, so I'll, I'll try to I'll try to I'll try to stay off the soapbox for the rest of the Disney Renaissance <laughs> movies because I feel I'm talking in circles, but it's just it's just a weird in between place they occupy in my heart. I yeah, think. no, for sure, I totally totally get that. So, um, anyway, n- number four on my list is a Disney Renaissance movie. Uh, it's The Lion King. Um, The Lion King was slightly before our time. I believe it was 1994. Yeah, a year um, before we were born. Yeah. So my sister. I believe she saw this movie eight times in theaters. She loves this movie, which is probably why it's uh, it's one that has stuck with me more because I did watch it a lot. I do remember it much better. Um, so it's it's just kind of the same this the same feeling I have toward most of the Disney Renaissance movies. It's just amplified, and I do remember it well. Um, it, it, it's such a classic. I, I will say, I was talking to another friend of mine about uh, how Disney's just remaking everything right now, which I don't love. I haven't really seen any of the remakes. Uh, the yeah, live action remakes, but he he was talking about how the live action Lion King is just weird because it's like it's live action, but it's just CGI lions, and uh, 
and he was he was talking about how unnecessary it was and he was like it's a good story but i mean why would you do that I'm like it's not even an original story it's, it's hamlet it's literally hamlet yeah, it, like, it there's just... no reason to do this at third yeah. time uh but but the original movie is uh is a classic the, the music and it's great um even though it wasn't jtt singing i don't believe uh great great movie yeah love it i also have the lion king as my number four and yeah like kenny said i it's definitely a movie that, out of the Disney movies. It's definitely one where I remember the plot a lot better than other Disney movies, and definitely enjoyed that and the music. And I've seen the not just the animated movie, but also the one that came out a couple years ago. The CGI is that what you call it, or the animate? Not yeah, the non- yeah, yeah, yeah. non-animated one. And I thought it was kind of unnecessary to be honest. Even though I did watch it, like a lot of people, uh, I I don't know. I don't. I didn't think they needed to make that movie. That's just me, though. I don't. Well, I heard I I didn't see it, but I heard some of the some of the scenes were like direct rips, like line for line, the same exact thing. And it's like I get it's a remake. I get it. But wh- why are you doing this? Yeah. I mean, the answer is money. But they, come on. Why are people seeing it? I don't know. Yeah, no, it'd be nice if they had a little more creativity with it, considering they're already just like you said, just but, remaking it. But yeah, I've. So I've uh, I've seen the animated movie, which I liked, and also the movie that came out a couple of years ago, non-animated. I've also seen the Broadway play, and mm-hmm. l- like I said with uh, Kenny, I've fallen asleep once in a movie theater. I've seen several Broadway plays. I got to tell you, though, I did not like the Lion King uh, Broadway play. I thought it was really overrated, and I, I fell asleep, <laughs> which was probably not a good thing with family, but... I, I didn't care for the Broadway play. So recommended don't watch the Broadway play if, if you're thinking about it. But that's just me. Watch Hamilton instead. Yeah, it, it costs, well, well, Hamilton's an, another price range, but Lion King did cost a lot of money. It's on Disney Plus. Hamilton on Disney Plus. Yeah. Watch it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad that you both had Lion King on your list because I think it'd be bad if we put out a top five Disney movies list and didn't feature Lion King. Uh, but I wasn't putting in my top five. I wouldn't even put in my top 10. I don't hate Lion King wow. by any means. I, do th- I, I mean, it's a fine movie. I just, I don't know. I don't love it. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe if I, well, I can't even say it. Maybe if I watched it again, because I definitely have watched it within the last two years. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I like Timon and Pumbaa. But- yeah, Timon and Pumbaa I like a lot, of course. But, and I, I like it, of course, because it's on my list, but I, I do agree that I think it's overrated. Yeah, and I think that's my problem with it is that some people just rate it so highly that I'm naturally going to drop it even lower, in my opinion, just because, you know, I, I'm i like, oh, no, that's, I don't I get love that. it as much that's as fair. you do. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my number four is uh, The Emperor's New Groove, and uh, this is a, a movie where... Uh, kind of like Aladdin is very boosted for me because of a uh, supporting character, and that's Kronk. I think Kronk is one of the best like supporting characters. He might be my favorite supporting character of any Disney movie. Uh, I think he's hilarious. Patrick Warburton does a great job with him. Uh, but I mean, even the the movie itself, I think it's a fun one. Uh, Cusco, played by my favorite Bachelor in Paradise guest host <laughs> David Spade, is. Uh, He's he's a tough character. He's a very narcissistic 18-year-old emperor like any 18-year-old emperor I'm sure was uh back in the uh you know the ancient civilization or well, maybe not ancient but like Incan um that it's based on. Uh but I I think it's a fun story. It's uh definitely one that I always love going back and watching and uh, the comedy 
aspect of it really i mean it's when you have such funny characters like or characters played by funny actors like david spade and patrick warburton it's going to be a movie that anyone can enjoy to any age uh yeah i have uh emperor's new groove at my number three spot um i it it was must have been one of the first post disney renaissance animated films it was 2000 2000 yeah um it's funny you were talking about a supporting character and of course you're talking about kronk but my mind went to pacha uh, no, he, I think he's I, a main character in it, but yeah, Pacha, he, Pacha's that's, good. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, he 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 would be. He's not the main character, but he's he's a he's a main character. I would say. Um, I just like the the humor's really good. The story's really good in Emperor's New Groove. I think it's uh, I think it's got a a, a different plot than I can think for, of most in being being transformed into a llama and having to find himself. It's still the traditional, you know, he has to learn who he is and find himself and all this. Um. But it, I just I like movies that are, and most Disney movies are in the end. But I think this one does a really good job of being more wholesome. Um, pretty much any Disney anim- animated movie is going to have a wholesome ending. But um, I think I think The Emperor's New Groove does it really well. Um, I also the the TV show spinoff Emperor's New School. That yeah, was, that's, that I think that's good. another reason why had, it's high on my list. I really like the TV show. Yeah, David Spade wasn't in it, but a lot of the supporting voice actors were in it, which was cool. Yeah, Patrick Warburton was still in it. Patrick Warburton was in it. Yeah, and I actually, I have a, I, I think, I think I've maybe talked about my Funko Pop figure collection, which you can kind of see in my background a little bit. Uh, I have one of Kronk uh, that I was supposed really? to get signed by Patrick Warburton, but he canceled on the convention that I was going to uh. see him at. Uh, I have met him, but I didn't have the Funko Pop yet. Uh, so someday I will get that signed by Patrick <laughs> Warburton. Yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. But yeah, great. Great, great character, uh, great movie, great show. I really like that one a lot. Uh, and it was my number three. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Brian, if you have any thoughts about it. You just <laughs> I do on. not, no. I, I, I've, uh, I've never seen it. Sorry, I threw off your groove. No, it's okay. I didn't. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> it's a great reference. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, my number three was Mulan. Uh, have you guys ever seen have you guys ever seen Mulan? Yeah. Yeah. Same th- years ago, you know, someone was singing, uh, what's the. A girl we're fighting for. At, cor- no, at cor- they- karaoke virtually once. I think people were yeah, singing that song. Yeah. Yeah. The- there are multiple ones, but A Girl We're Fighting For is definitely one that's. Out. No, I think uh, yeah. I mean, everyone always loves doing. Is this make a man out of you? Is that make the name a man? Of it, make or? a man. I don't know. Yeah, that, I thought it was that the one. Else. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I know. Was, All yeah, that came to know. mind is there's some there's some like bootleg Mulan game where there's a level or something called Wanna Be a Man, and that's all that was coming. Yeah, to it my is. I'll make I know a man it's out not of you. That. Yeah. Okay. That, so yeah, those two I like in, in that movie, and yeah, it's also another movie where it's like I remember the plot really well, like The Lion King, but I. I like the movie a little bit more than Lion King. Yeah, I remember it's a good one. I remember I remember enjoying it, but you know, again, been so long. Mulan for me is a great soundtrack. Um, I haven't watched a movie in long enough to put it in my top five, but I've certainly heard a, a lot of those songs, and I, I I think it's worthy of being on there just based on the music alone. Yeah, and I I think the reason why I put it ahead of Lion King is just because I I just think the Lion King's a little overrated. Well, Milan's probably a little underrated, I think. I won't disagree with that. So my number three, and um, I actually have to give a shout out to Kenny for this. Um, So I originally accidentally had a Pixar movie in my top five. Not sure how it didn't occur to me that it was Pixar. Um, But 
because of that, I needed to change up my list. And um, my number three is Tangled. And this was one that wasn't even going to make my top five. And I was like, I feel like I need to rewatch this because I remember really liking it, but I hadn't seen it in seven years. So uh, it was tough for me to sit in and talk about it other than like, yeah, I, I liked this movie and let's move on. And I watched it like an hour before recording this. I finished it and I, I loved it. I was like, I had this way lower than I thought I should. So i um, huge fan of it. It's it's the Rapunzel, um, you know, Disney's take on it, which uh, actually there's a little controversy I didn't know about. It was actually released or, or initially planned to be released as the name Rapunzel. But after Princess and the Frog, despite being a really great movie, didn't have the box office success that Disney hoped for, they decided to rebrand it as Tangled, thinking that it would apply to a more general off- audience if uh, it wasn't like a the princess is a star, which, huh. yeah. and That's really interesting. It is. And I, I think it worked out. I, I think that Tangled is, uh, a, I think it, it had much more success in the box office because it was like oh no it's not a princess movie it's but like, and i don't it even still is i like the name change and not because i don't want to watch a princess movie but just because it like rapunzel is rapunzel is such a such an old story like yeah oh it's rapunzel. No, i agree like, okay I... yeah it's disney's doing rapunzel calling it tangled is like hey this is a different there's a different it's, a different story yeah. it's and the I character it's, yeah i think it's fun that they did that i think i right. like that a lot how that uh, how it worked out that way um but yeah, for me, it's it's a great great film. Um, really love uh, Flynn Rider, who is the like, I guess the Prince Charming of this movie. Um, he's certainly a fun character. Um, Rapunzel is actually voiced by Nashua's own Mandy Moore, who was born in Nashua, what? moved to Orlando two months later. Definitely does not claim Nashua as a hometown, but if you look her up on Wikipedia, her born is Nashua, New Hampshire. So we did it. We yeah, made right. It. I know that's that's a fun fun fact. Um, but yeah, big big fan of Tangled. Um, our our friend Julia, I'd mentioned her earlier with uh, the Bachelor in Paradise recap episode we did. She loves this movie and she was the one who like first showed it to me. Um, so I definitely have to give a shout out to her for you know making me realize how great this movie was. But like she would always talk about it. So it was really only a matter of time before I watched it. And definitely really enjoy this one. Um, certainly would recommend it if neither of you have seen it. But I have I, okay. actually, this is probably the last Disney movie I saw before I took a little bit of a hiatus uh, before Moana. I really liked it a lot. I saw it after another Disney movie that I will not yet name uh, that I felt Same. was overrated. It okay. was it's frozen. It's frozen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I thought I've, I'll talk more about my thoughts on frozen later, but okay. uh, I watched frozen. And then the people who rec- who told me to watch frozen had me watch tangled um, which I had not really heard about, and I thought it was great. Uh, you know, I didn't necessarily think it was underrated because it, it it wasn't to me. It didn't blow me out of the water, but I really enjoyed it a lot. And it was, you know, a Disney movie. Um, I just thought it was fun. I thought it was a really good movie. You know, not enough for me to put in my top five, but uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was I was already kind of on my way toward a bit of a Disney hiatus and that was kind of a, a fun last hurrah and certainly not the reason that I didn't watch Disney for a while. Um, it was good, a good send off for a few years before I, before I came back. Glad to hear that. Uh, Brian, any thoughts on Tangled? Have you seen it? I have not. Another movie that I have never seen. <laughs> okay. Well, it's on Disney plus. Um, my number two, 
uh, is yet another Disney Renaissance movie. Uh, and it was really hard for me between this and my number one to figure out which was number one and which was number two. Uh, my number two is Hercules. Uh, I love this movie. This is one that I have watched several times uh, in the last like few years since since I've watched this throughout my life. Uh, it has my favorite Disney song, which is not the one people will think. Uh, it's not Zero to Hero. It's not Zero to Hero. And it's not the other one people think, which is, what do you, what do you, I'm like trying to think of the soundtrack in my head. You can say it. I don't want to say it. It's not. Track, it's not go the distance, which is the oh, other one. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I won't say I'm in love. It's a. It's a great. It's a great song, by. I don't remember the actual singer's name, but it's by uh, Meg and uh, and and the. Um, what are their names? <laughs> the the people in this movie I love, the uh, the the women on the vase. I forget what they're called. Um, oh uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking up right now. I'll yeah, it's it's song. a great song. It's my favorite Disney song uh the muses the muses that's right that's right um it's just such a it's such a good movie um watched it in latin class in high school and that kind of uh kind of reminded me how much i loved it and i've watched it several times since then um and i don't really have uh a a ton you know it's probably it's probably up there because if I'd watched any of these Disney Renaissance movies in high school, I would have realized how much I loved them and watched them more times. But it happened to be Hercules. Uh, this probably could have happened with Aladdin or with Mulan or with any of these movies. Um, probably could have happened with Tarzan if I hadn't had to study for finals. But instead, it happened with Hercules in high school. Um, and it, as I say, it does have my favorite Disney song in it. So that helps. But um, ultimately, I think it's just it happens to be the one Disney Renaissance film um, other than The Lion King that stood the test of time for me uh, through the years. So enough to make my number two, not quite enough to make my number one spot, but almost. Hercules was a tough leave off my list. Uh, big fan of Phil and Hades. Uh, just just yeah. missed out my top five. I mean, that, that, I think that's one thing I realized about Disney Renaissance movies, or really a lot of Disney movies from like that era even after, is the ones that I like the most are the ones who have like the best comedic relief to them because I think yeah. it makes them more enjoyable as a, 26 year old versus when I was like say a six year old um one quick Hercules story so my freshman year of college uh the fire alarm went off in my dorm at like two or three a.m on a Friday night one time so it's Saturday morning um some drunk kid pulled the the, the alarm <laughs> and uh they evacuated us in the building and they threw us in um one of the the buildings like down the street in like some big like lecture hall and they decided to throw hercules on just to distract us but the the voice like the audio and the visual were out of sync so it was very <laughs> frustrating to watch it um, definitely was a, a tough experience in a movie that i do normally enjoy but i was like this is horrible it was like a five second delay too it was oh my it was God, really bad awful. yeah yeah definitely not the the most fun time i've ever had watching that movie yeah, Danny DeVito's great in it. Uh, yep. James I think Woods. it's James Woods, which yep. I think that he became controversial later, but he's great yeah. as Hades. Yeah. Uh, and and it's another one where it has a, I think it does a pretty good job of the the heartwarming ending as well as the comedic relief. I think the blend of those two is really what I like. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, a it's a common theme in Disney movies, yeah. which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I have seen Hercules, but I haven't seen it in forever. I mean that movie it's on I, Disney Plus. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you anything about it. Unfortunately, I'm just, um, for my number two, 
honestly, this movie probably wouldn't be on anyone's top five, <laughs> but uh, t- but makes it mu- unique though. Uh, my number two is a goofy movie, and uh, in this movie, uh, it's Max and his dad Goofy, and they go on a cross country road trip. And uh, first time I saw this movie, it was in elementary school, and when I was younger, my parents always worked till past five. And so when school ended at three, I always went to the after school program. And at the after school program, we always, before recess, we'd always watch a movie. And one, one day it was this movie. And this movie, I actually liked a lot. There's no songs like in the other past movies on my list that really, that stick out. Like there aren't any, I don't think, but I, but I do love the plot of the movies. And uh, my dad's kind of like goofy and I, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> like Max, so there's kind of a relatable factor yeah, to it I, as well. I, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of get that. Yeah. And what about the uh, Powerline concert at the end? On that too, the the ending. Yeah, of the, yeah, the power. I can't believe you actually remember that. Yeah, and the concert. Yeah. The I, I was very close to putting this in my top five. I wanted to, but uh, I thought more about it and realized there were other movies I wanted to put on there, but I was very happy that uh, you included it here at number two. All right. Because it is, it is a great movie. I love Goofy. He's my favorite character of like the... You know the Mickey Mouse clan or whatever uh, uh, you want to call and them. Same with mine as well. Yeah, I, I've never seen it. I think I saw twenty to thirty minutes of it when it was playing on like Disney Channel or something in the mid to late two thousands. Um, it's about it's like Goofy and Max and like them trying to like, bond on Max the, on road on the on the yeah road Max trip. is okay, he's yeah, like, like a Max fourteen like year old a, okay. yeah Goofy's I can't goofy. I can't do movies like that really I don't. I was in a waiting room recently, like the, the whole father son thing. I, I was in a waiting room recently and, and cats in the cradle by cat Stevens. That's the song in the artist, right? Song came on. I almost lost it. I can't do, I can't do father son, uh, tension, emotional things. I watched onward really liked it, but too much. It's too, I can't, I just can't do it with those. Movies, I can understand you know? that. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. <laughs> um, all right. So my number two, uh, it's admittedly almost a 2A and 2B for me because I'm a big fan of both the original and the sequel. I didn't want to put both of them on here, but I, I slightly like the original better, and that's Wreck-It Ralph. And this is another one of those newer um, 2010s 3D Disney movies, and uh, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I don't know if either of you were with me when I saw it, but I, I, I really, so. I, I assume that Kenny was there at least, and I, I didn't really Did know what to chunkies? expect. Did you see the Chunkies? I saw it at Chunkies. Oh, no. I saw it. It was okay. a Friday after Thanksgiving, if that helps. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Anyway. Well, yeah. Anyway, I didn't know what to expect going into it, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, it's it's like I, I love the premise in this case where it's like it's about a video game character, but it's about like the villain and him wanting to be a hero. And I love the... Um, like the the relationship he forms with um, Vanellope from the Sugar Rush arcade game, and even the the sequel is awesome. And I love like all of the like classic video game characters when he's in like the support group for like all the villains, and it has like Egghead from Sonic and Bowser from Mario. It's and Eggman. Eggman, yeah. Sorry, Egghead was your uh, <laughs> friend from the Monarchs games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think it's it's such a fun movie. Um, I think that it's one of those movies where like Disney isn't necessarily afraid to like incorporate things from outside of the Disney universe. Yeah. I think that's like really cool about it. 
Yeah, not I, I almost put this on my list because I really loved I really loved the movie, although I have not seen the second one. Regrettably, I think I was traveling when it came out and I never got around to yeah, it. I watched it on a plane one time. So, okay, um, that makes yeah. sense. So Corey but, but I think Oh no, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, go on, Ryan. Okay, I, I think that if you don't know this is Disney and you watch it, it seems like a DreamWorks movie because they're like, look, Sonic's in it. Oh, it's it's Eggman. It's like all these different properties. That's not really a Disney thing to do. Uh-huh. Um, but it's cool that they did it. And I agree. I really like. I really like that they kind of. Uh, it seems like stepped out of their comfort zone a little bit, um, and and I'm I'm often critical of uh, live action actors pl- uh, taking voice acting roles, but um, John C. Riley uh, does a great job in this movie. Uh, so I sh- I should see this, and it has a, it has a good uh, twist ending that that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't see coming, although I don't often see them coming. But yeah, it was. I, I it wouldn't be a twist ending if you saw it coming. That's, well, but a lot of people were like, "Oh, I knew that was happening." I never yeah. know. I never yeah. know. So there have been multiple movies on your guys' list that I've never seen, but I have also seen Wreck It Ralph. And Corey, you said that you were almost you almost put a goofy movie on your list. I'll admit, if we did a top six, a Wreck It uh, <laughs> Ralph, Wreck It Ralph would have been. Yeah, I, I I have seen Wreck It Ralph. I did. I did enjoy it. The the time that I did see it was not in the movie theater with you. It, first time I saw it, I was at a resort in the Philippines, and we were. Uh, it was we. It was me and my cousins. We were in. I don't know. I don't remember whose room it was, but we had a resort room, and Wreck It Ralph was on. We were watching it, and I did enjoy it. I've never seen the second one, but I did enjoy it. The one scene that stuck out to me was when Ralph is in the room with everyone. He talks about. I don't want to be a bad guy anymore. And all of a sudden, Bowser just goes, what? <laughs> and me, me and my cousin just lose it. <laughs> uh, we, we, had to, we must have laughed for like a, a whole minute straight. <laughs> we couldn't, couldn't stop laughing after Bowser's reaction. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> that was my favorite scene in the movie. But even so, I, I know I know it was a dumb Dumb to say that's my favorite scene in the movie, but I did actually enjoy it. And yeah, John no, C. Riley. That's a fun scene. John yeah. C. Riley did a good job in that movie. <laughs> um, so my number one that narrowly beat out Hercules is uh, Lilo and Stitch, which it it feels weird to say that it narrowly beat Hercules because it, it really is. It's, it's easily my favorite. When I really think about it, um, it's probably the earliest I remember from like the first viewing. Um, it was, I think, 2002. So plenty of these I've seen multiple times, and I've seen those such multiple times, certainly. But it's like I remember it from the first time. Um, and it's again, I mean, I th- it's like it's a lot of these are otherworldly, but this one's like sci-fi, and I think that that was kind of maybe one of my first uh, experiences with with sci-fi. And I love Stitch as a character. I love Lilo as a character. I th- again, it's one of those that. Um, it might not be as funny as others, but it has it has like action in it, and it again it does a good job with the the heartwarming ending of of Stitch being you know lost in this world that's unfamiliar to him. I mean, it's pretty much E. T. But it's it's uh, a <laughs> yeah. it's 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 different. It's certainly different. It's it's a fun um, fun way of going about it. Yeah, and they they also had uh, again a great spinoff uh, series. Yes. that I watched religiously when I was younger. And, yep. and I think that helped it stick with me. Um, when I went to Disney World in 2004, while I was collecting pins, I got so many Lilo and Stitch pins. Um, 
and it's just it's just really been with me for for my whole life and stitch seems to have like gained a resurgence in popularity ever like there's so much maybe it never went away i don't know but there's so much stitch stuff in disney like he's a wildly popular character still interesting um, my, yeah, my i mean it makes sense that, yeah my, my no, friend I, shares a birthday with Mickey Mouse hates hates Stitch. So really? That honestly, I think uh, makes me love him more. Yeah. <laughs> so I um I really like Lilo and Stitch. I think this is a movie where I haven't seen it recently enough, and like maybe there just been newer movies that I've seen more, and that's why they're they're ahead of it. Um, it's just like Hercules. This is another one that was kind of tough to leave off my top five. Would definitely make my top ten. So I was glad to see that you had this as your number one because yeah. certainly worth uh, recognizing. All right, so at number two, I put a goofy movie. But what could be better than a goofy movie? <sighs> Round number one, I put an extremely goofy movie, which is the sequel to a goofy movie, and it's kind of the same thing where Max and and his dad. Uh, have there's a bond between the two and it's not always perfect but instead of a a road trip to form their bond on in the a goofy movie an extremely goofy movie max is uh grown up more and now now in college and all of a sudden goofy his dad uh has he has to go back to school to finish his degree uh and he goes back to school and tells Max about it, and and Max is horrified and then embarrassed by his dad constantly, of course. But uh, I think I think the plot in this movie is even better than the first one, and it's even cooler because Max in the movie he's uh, in in the college he's he's like on the skateboard X X Games team and and competing with uh with with other with other other students in. I don't know. I think it's a cool movie, and I think it's even better than the first one. Besides, why it's number one? I totally forgot what ex- an extremely goofy movie was about. But as you started describing it, I was like, "You're right. It is better than the uh, yeah. the original." The, the second so one, I, I agree with that. The order. second one's even better than the first one. I think. I think this is actually the one I saw twenty to thirty minutes. Of, I remember <laughs> skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. I remember like because I, I was reading the plot of a goofy movie and it said he was fourteen. I was like, really? I thought he was older than that. And I think yeah. I was thinking that because I was almost combining the two movies with the, the right. college one. So. Yeah, so again, I think I saw 20 or 30 minutes of this one. Never seen the rest of it. Can't really do the whole emotional father-son thing in a movie. In real life, it's fine. In a movie, no, <laughs> can't do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, well, my number one, Brian's never seen it. Apparently, Kenny hates it. That is frozen. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> hate look, it. You know what? I, I kind of think I probably overrate it in my head because I love this movie so much when it first came out i saw it like three or four times in the first few months after it was released i i had like the frozen um candy crush like app on my phone all right i don't know i just i was fully all into this movie so uh for me i just had to immediately throw it number one on my list it's it still hasn't changed i haven't watched it in a while i haven't seen the sequel 
but in my head, it's still my favorite Disney movie ever. And I love the music in it. I love playing Let It Go on uh, my piano that I just got a few months ago. It's uh, I huge fan of um, like Kristoff and Sven, like the the reindeer, like that. There and then of course Olaf. Olaf is one of the best characters as well. Um, when you talk comedic relief, he has to be up there in terms of some of the best sporting characters. And uh, I like the the dynamic that you have with um, Anna and Elsa. And you know you have Elsa like she's the queen. Like I'm an independent woman. I can go on my own. Just uh, you know be the the ice princess. And you know Anna is the the younger sister who you know has to fall in love with Hans who turns out to be evil and stuff well, but spoilers no it, it's yeah <gasps> <laughs> I was gonna watch um, it Corey, no you were never no, I, I know <laughs> I would I would never feel the way you do about this movie I don't think but I think I would feel much closer to the way you feel if I had you if I had your experience if I'd seen it early because oh, I don't remember yeah. what year this came out 2014 or it might have been, 20, no, it was late 2013. I saw so, it in like January 2014 in theaters. So I don't remember when I watched it, but it had been out for a while. And so there was already so much hype and I everyone had talked it up so much. So I went with high expectations. And I think I think it's a decent Disney movie. I don't think I would ever love it as much as you do, but I think it's, I think it's a good, I think it's a solid Disney movie. But after all the hype and after hearing let it go so many times when it happened in the movie i was like shut this off it's a great yeah, song no, I like musically yeah. it's a great song and I, and I understand that and i appreciate it and there are other songs in the movie that are really good and i think it's a good movie but it didn't live up to the not only the hype but just the annoyance of it around me for so long uh i also w- watched it with with uh at the time a friend who i now do not like this person and he loved it so much and uh it probably didn't help um i never saw the second one but the ride at disney world is actually very good it's actually at epcot so Corey, okay. i don't know so if you've been to the ride but you should, no, you should go I, on it. i haven't it's, it's i haven't been ride. to epcot since like 2009 so i have not it's good it's a good okay. ride uh Got some. They do. They do this thing with the animatronics where they project a face onto it, and it works really well for the. Uh, what are the rock guys? Gnomes. Whatever they are, the yeah. little rock people. Works really well for them. Worked less well on Elsa and Anna, but that's mm-hmm. you know that's fine. Um, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a, a, a good movie, but it. it I it, totally it understand like watching a movie that is so hyped up to you because it's almost impossible to live up to it because you're going to go in right like either expecting it to be way better than it is or telling yourself there's no way it can be this good and yeah yeah. no i I totally understand that and i think that there there that happens to a lot of people with movies like this so um i i totally get that i think that i i got in on it early had i waited i probably wouldn't feel the same way so yeah I I've never seen it, and the only thing I know about it is the "Let It Go." That's all I know, and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's a great song. Like Kenny said, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> all right, well, that's um, so that concludes our list. Uh, I do kind of want to talk a little bit about some movies that were left off. Basically, one thing we should note is what Aladdin, nineteen ninety two, the oldest movie. Um, I appreciate some of the originals, like your Pinocchios, your Dumbo's, your Snow Whites, but it's hard for yeah. movies from the 40s to stack up against movies from like the 2000s. Right. There's a reason we don't watch those movies anymore. There's a reason we don't uh, drive around in horses and buggies, you know, like it's yeah. times have changed. And yeah, I can appreciate those movies, but I don't need to watch them to appreciate them. You know, mm-hmm. 
I'm not gonna watch Steamboat Willie. No, no, you don't have to. He's the <laughs> beginning of every Disney movie. You get to see like a 10 second clip, and you're right. All right, I've seen it's it. Plenty. That's yeah. plenty. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I I think this is a fun topic. I was glad that we did it, and like I said, Brian, we got to do top five Pixar sometime. So. I agree. Long episode that always happens when we have a third person on. I think we <laughs> we definitely hammered home a lot of points on this one. Uh, so, you know, hopefully if uh, you're only into one one of the, the three segments we did, you you enjoyed that one. So, Kenny, thank you for coming back on. Uh, it's been it's been a while. We certainly hope to have you back on again. Uh, be sure certainly. to listen to Kenny's other podcast, C-Team Show, that is uh, released every Wednesday. It's a much more uh, easy listen than this, uh, you know, 30 <laughs> to 45 it's, it's minutes. It's pretty usually. loose. It's yeah. pretty loose and it's short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Brian and I will certainly be talking more football and, you know, other things in the coming weeks and months. So for guest host Kenny Cashman and permanent co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corinne Botney. Thanks, everyone.